This is episode three of the Tonka Bomb podcast, a podcast where we cover manga volume by volume. This week, we're going to go over Assassination Classroom volumes four through six. We'll go over the table of contents uh, for issue 31 of Weekly Shonen Jump, which will be out uh, today. And then we're going to do the scouting report for Aliens Area by Fusai Naba. And joining me today is Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? Hey, going all right. Good. Uh, yeah, so yeah, this week we're going to do four through six of Assassination Classroom. Uh, we're going to kind of go over the summary of the, the volumes, then we'll give some kind of general thoughts and some more breakdowns into those. Are you uh, you ready for the summaries? I'm ready. Let's get into it. Awesome. Let's do it. English teacher Irina's assassination mentor makes an appearance, and the two compete using Special Agent Kurosama as their target. Another transfer student would be assassin joins the class, accompanied by a guardian who claims to be Koro-sensei's little brother. A tentacle showdown ensues, sending everyone into a tentacle tizzy. Then, the three E students face humiliation yet again during a school baseball exhibition match. Plus, more secrets of Koro-sensei's mysterious past revealed. Man, these uh, back volume summaries crack me up. I don't think I've ever... Uh, I forgot that Miss um, Vitch's name is actually Irina. Yeah, I feel like at this point, they're just like pretty much exclusively calling your hella bitch. <laughs> um but the That's back hilarious. covers of this series specifically are pretty great they've got like these really like goofy 60s looking patterns of chorus and say's hmm. face going up and down the illustrations they use on the back are pretty funny too that's funny. Yeah, I know that you said there was one last week where he was, like, scrubbing his tentacles in, like, the bath or something like that. Yeah, and this one, it's pretty much, uh, the next two are both Helovich. And then <laughs> the volume six, which we'll get into later, has, like, Koro-sensei on a motorcycle, which is a pretty awesome illustration. Nice. Is it the one that he, like, creates, um, in volume six? Yeah, it's the like out of wood or whatever. motorcycle, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, so we'll get into Volume 6. It starts off uh, kind of a continuation of Volume 3 with uh, Miss Vich and Lovro. They've got kind of a... Uh, Lovro says she's not really like fit for the job anymore, so they have to um, kind of compete to see if she can stick around in the school. And so their bet, I guess, is they have to assassinate Karasuma with the, the anti-sensei knife so it won't actually kill him. Um, and then he gets kind of a side side competition where if he's able to dodge them the Koro sensei has to stand still for a second yeah um and i felt like this uh this little battle was Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't think it was one of the better arcs of the three chapters here i feel like Mm -hmm. there are a couple like i guess this the the stories really have arcs at this point but like mini storylines i feel like this this one's really short it feels a little inconsequential. And there's another one I'm mm-hmm. going to mention later that I felt like kind of feels more like a filler arc. But yeah. unless mm-hmm. Lovro like appears later on, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this is kind of just meant to sort of make readers take Misvich more seriously. But Yeah, it's a lot it, shorter than I kind of like remembered it being. Um, it's re- literally only like two chapters and then i guess the setup from volume from volume three um yeah it is just kind of inconsequential just sort of there and doesn't really i don't know matter that much it doesn't seem yeah at the same time i do feel like these uh 
this like group of three volumes is actually mm-hmm. a major improvement over the last three. I'll, I'll get into it later when we talk about mm-hmm. those specific aspects of the storyline. I feel like it gets off to like a bit of a slow start, mm-hmm. but the characters and sort of mini episodes that we see later on are a lot more interesting. Yeah, these volumes definitely move a lot faster, and that that little arc aside, I feel like it does start branching into you know getting longer arcs whereas volumes yeah. one to three were just kind of the monster of the week deal yeah and although i was specifically calling the lovro storyline something of a filler arc uh the next mm-hmm. chapter right after that 28 which is blatantly yeah definitely a, yeah it's blatantly a filler but mm-hmm. i actually really loved that particular chapter um yeah it's 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 a fun one yeah, so in that chapter, Korra Sensei takes Karma. It, if you didn't uh, catch the last episode, Karma is basically like the Sasuke of this series. He's extremely edgy. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. his dream for a long time to kill a teacher. So being in Korra Sensei's class is pretty exciting for him. And then he's going to Hawaii with Nagasa and Korra Sensei to watch this American movie called Sonic Ninja. And that was funny. He like, um, I don't know if this is used in other parts of the series. I don't remember, but like he's able to like branch his tentacles off, I guess, to create like little headphones for them. Yeah. Which he uses to translate the, <laughs> translate the movie in real time. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, obviously his powers are like, super speed and he's got these prehensile tentacles but at the same time mm-hmm. i feel like the mangaka is just like but so he's just like yeah he can pretty much do anything yeah he's <laughs> like yeah whatever we can think... draw it yeah exactly yeah he's like whatever i i think the story needs right now we'll just let Corey sensei kind of go for it yeah and, and honestly that was um I wouldn't say it's my favorite storyline of the three volumes we have here, but I definitely mm-hmm. think it was a major highlight. Um, yeah, it's very mm-hmm. it's a lighthearted break between some like pretty intense or consequential arcs, and yeah, I really liked the. I'm not sure if this was available in the app or just the print version, uh, mm-hmm. but it shows a full. Uh, list of characters that appeared in the Sonic Ninja movie and gives you like a brief overview of the plot line, which I thought was yeah, cool. It, yeah, it showed that on the app too. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's one thing I do uh, really like about this series. And I think you actually, um, you start to see it even more later on in the volumes, but mm-hmm. they give you a lot of like, cool trivia and different background about the characters even if some of them barely appear in the manga at all or just you know filler for the background he still Mm -hmm. gives you some cool little details Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the uh the little character like uh profile things like where you know where he kind of gives their stats or whatever are uh they're pretty fun too yeah i love the the, uh uh, the character pages at the beginning the koro tribune is always a mm -hmm. highlight for me yep and that uh so that chapter also ends off where we get uh kind of the introduction to the the new student that joins the joins the class uh, itana yeah i really loved his introduction and mm-hmm. he does appear we'll talk about that well he appears later on in the story but 
I yeah. think out of the sort of monsters of the week or villains of the week, he's one of the most interesting. For one, because it sort of hints at some background information about Chorus and say that mm-hmm. it's going to be important later on. Like they like yeah. they say on the back of the volumes, always like and uh Koro sensei's mysterious history revealed or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah and we'd had yeah. some kind of like breadcrumbs in the in like the first three volumes where you know he's like you know are you talking about a time when you had two arms and two legs and he's like you know you thought you were going to be the savior of the world and you're going to destroy it um and this is more just kind of like really accelerating that rather than just being like hey you know there might be more to, uh, to this octopus guy yeah and in the first chapter they talked about how you know even though he's sort of seen as an alien he was Mm -hmm. born on earth and this yeah totally kind of confirms that he was kind of just (laughs) like either constructed in a lab or he's some sort of experiment gone wrong because here we have someone that looks humanoid but then the tentacles that you see all over Coruscant's body are like coming out of his spiky, generic anime hair. Mm-hmm. And did you? Uh, I like too when you know they kind of reveal to the class that that each uh, is Coruscant's sibling, and then there's the the one like group of panels, um, kind of like showing how ridiculous that is. And there's one too where Ichin is dressed up as Goku and uh Korosense is dressed up as Raditz. But those yeah, I did see that. Is, uh, <laughs> cracks me up. Yeah. Um this is definitely another one of those Shonen Jump series that is extremely meta about mm-hmm. being a Shonen Jump series. We talked about yep. this in the last episode a little bit, but it's always kind of cool to see them make some references to other series that are probably in the magazine at the same time. I'm not sure mm-hmm. was was Naruto um, in Shonen Jump at the same time because in the I last th- episode we kind of talked about the reference to the Hidden Leaf Village headband. Yeah, I think it would have been. I think Naruto ended in maybe like 2014 or something. Yeah, and I think this started in 2012. That's what I was gonna say. I feel like it would have been during that like ninja war mm-hmm. arc that went on forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it. I think they were in, at the same time. Um, yeah, and then we get into their uh, kind of their fight, um, which is funny. It's I like how they sort of set it up, um, where you know they're like they kind of like set these rules, and I don't know who it is if it's Karma or someone. If they're like, you know, well, why would uh, Kuro-sensei, like, kind of abide by these? And they're like, well, he, you know, if he kind of, like, backs down, then, uh, you know, he's kind of, like, betraying the students. Like, he can't kind of, like, cheat his way out of it because he, uh, you know, like, he cares what his students think of him. Yeah, that uh, was one of the, uh, one of the, it's not in this chapter, it's actually a little bit later, but they say one of uh, okay. his, like, Kuro-sensei weaknesses is mm-hmm. he's, like, super self-conscious about his image, which... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely something you've already seen a little bit in the mm-hmm. series before then. Um, and something, too, like about him sort of doing all these challenges or stipulations, like putting himself in a situation where it's very likely for him to be killed. I feel mm-hmm. like post-assassination classroom, and maybe a little bit around this time, there's kind of been a lot of Shonen Jump or Shonen series in general where it really plays off of this idea of an unkillable hero. Obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. 
before then there are these characters like goku who are just ridiculously overpowered to the point where it's like kind of ridiculous but Mm -hmm. i feel like over the past uh decade or so series like one punch man and mob psycho um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a couple right now on Shonen Jump that are kind of like this too. I mean, um, Mashal sort of does that because it's yeah. uh, you know, kind of the One Punch Man clone. Yeah, I think at this point people are starting to get kind of sick of these stories that are just like, oh, one guy has this imaginary power level. Could he beat this mm-hmm. person? At this point, they're like, yeah, we're going to have one character that yeah, and, is a brick and you wall. know they're going to beat everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the fun of the story is kind of like how how they go about being, you know, like what situations they get into by being able to beat everyone, you know. Yeah. Like with um with Mashal and One Punch Man, one of the interesting things to me is that they're sort of every storyline puts either Saitama or Mash like mm-hmm. in a different area than the major battles happening. They sort of remove him from the storyline and the whole plot is like how are they gonna get to the scene in time before everybody (laughs) dies i feel like koro sensei is kind of like this but with a villain there's no Mm -hmm. way they're actually gonna beat him head to head so the the plot for each arc is like how is he gonna sort of win by an asshole victory (laughs) like yeah yeah. like how's he gonna get out of this situation because yeah no one no one can kind of beat him straight up yeah I would mm-hmm. love to see like one of those Instagram pages about power leveling <laughs> debate about whether Korra Sensei could mm-hmm. be like a Krillin or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> can Krillin move at a Mach 20? How fast do the Saiyans fly? Yeah, that's a, I'm sure somebody's uh, mapped that out somewhere. But <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, someone's got like the uh, the book to see like how how big west city is in dragon ball <laughs> and how quickly they fly across and has done all the done all the math for it yeah that's that's kind of one of the things that i really appreciate about the new uh generation of shonen comics they don't really explain anything and when they do mm-hmm. it's honestly we were talking about how that's a bit of a weakness for jjk at this point like mm-hmm. not everything needs to be explained just yeah yeah it should be fun. that one Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, if uh, Gege was in charge of Assassination Classroom, in Chapter 1, we would get just the info dump about how Korosensei's tentacles work, right? Like, exactly. Actually, they're, they're weak to water, and they can do this. Oh, and by the way, they can become headphones, you know, all this yeah. stuff that you don't, you don't need. Yeah, and at that point, too, we would probably still be in the arc... Um, I would say we'd probably still be in the karma arc at this point, figuring mm-hmm. out all of his like mental uh, sort of yep. the, his strategies. And Korra Sensei would be like dumping about exactly how far his tentacles can stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Maybe his like uh, reading his like swimsuit magazines actually is the source of his power or something like that <laughs> that creates his uh that's his domain expansion yeah. <laughs> I, I love the uh the panel in uh it's chapter 32 also where you were talking about it a little earlier about you know how Koro sensei like cares what he uh cares about his image but uh he's like crying after the fight and stuff and uh you know they're all kind of like well what's wrong with you and he's like um 
he's like, you know, I'm supposed to be, uh, he said, I'm the comic relief. And he had that, that line where he's like, you know, where did you get those tentacles? And the students are like, yeah, that was a, uh, that was pretty cringe. Koro sensei. Like, why, why, why did you say that? Uh, I love that. It, it cracks me up. Yeah. And, and we also learned too, that like Koro sensei is a huge manga fan later mm-hmm. on in, I, I think this <laughs> volume or the next one, maybe, but I think it's the next one when they, yeah. when they draw on all the students yeah it was it was the next one um Mm -hmm. so let's see after after their fight together we actually move on to what's probably my favorite arc of these three volumes Uh, Mm -hmm. they're pretty much i I think there's two like sort of cliche stock storylines in this collection of volumes uh and we start Mm -hmm. off with the baseball arc which i think this series does extremely well i'll always be down for a baseball arc in the shonen series i think mm-hmm. speaking of jjk jjk has actually one of the best baseball arcs um yeah i lo- i'm i'm down for a baseball arc or a sports festival arc those yeah. are always good um and then i'm i'm always we had it in the last three but the uh you know the school trip arc that you have to have also i like those two <laughs> yeah. all the kind of the stereotypical like high school series arcs they yeah they're all great they work for me yeah we haven't gotten um we haven't gotten the cultural festival arc yet if i'm Mm -mm. remembering correctly but no that's that's something i predict we'll see in the future (laughs) if (laughs) not i'm gonna be i was gonna say it's set in a high school there has to be one right yeah we have to have like a scene where two of the characters are like standing together outside at night and then fireworks start going off they they give a speech about the future or something yep yeah this i i love this baseball art koro sensei is a next level as a manager like if we think that uh, joe Joe madden kind of goes crazy koro sensei is he's all he's actually the opposite of the uh like the three true outcomes guy his team is just gonna bunt only bunt yeah this is small ball taken to the next level <laughs> and Kor- Koro sensei is like so dedicated to the game he actually becomes the ball itself uh i sent mm-hmm. you this the other day i sent you this screenshot of like Koro sensei talking about how excited he is to be the manager and he's got yep so like his face is always transforming based on his mood and here he's got stitches all over his face Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love too when they had the panels of him. You know, he's giving signs by like being a baseball out and you know, at, uh, like out in the outfield somewhere or something like that. And he just changes color. But they say that you know he's uh, he's hiding himself uh, through like the properties of perspective because you know his head is so yeah. huge that like it you know they have to hide it that way. Yeah, and That's I funny. guess it does this... some more of that like playing with yeah. the manga format and stuff. At this point, too, he's, like, traveling underground and popping out mm-hmm. <laughs> behind home plate to give people instructions, too. This is yep. definitely where we start to see his powers just take really absurd forms. Um, mm-hmm. he, he truly can do anything at this point. Um, yep. So, uh, uh, sort of... Oh, good. <laughs> I was just going to say, I like the setup for this game a lot, too. So the setup is that all of the classes have to kind of play each other um in like a baseball tournament so you know like class a plays plays class d class b plays class c but class e gets kind of left out um so they have to just play the actual baseball team uh just to sort of like reinforce the school's uh setup to just you know get embarrassed um 
you know, the goal for uh, the baseball team is to, I guess, mercy rule them in the first in the first inning. Just like get three strikeouts and then score ten runs. Yeah, because the rules of this game too, they mentioned it's just a three inning baseball game, but they've never mm-hmm. actually made it to the end of this exhibition game in the past because, like yeah. you said, it's it's usually just a ten runs in the first inning blowout. But mm-hmm. uh, in this case, um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just say I don't know if you noticed too. There's a page in the volume uh, i'm trying to find it right now that kind of goes over like the rules for the sports so like the girls have yeah. to play basketball so the baseball game only lasts like a max of three innings yeah here it is the girls the girls basketball game i don't know if you noticed it they play three 30 minute periods i did the girls that. basketball team has to play a 90 minute game <laughs> yeah this is um the the men's baseball team gets off way easier that's crazy. yeah the and it said, you know, the game will be called after either side is ahead by 50 points. That's a, I mean, 50 points takes a while in basketball. It's 25 shots. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, a lot more than 10, 10 runs is a couple of grand slams, you know. Uh, yeah, like the girls are just out there slogging it forever. Yeah, at this point. Periods. Yeah, this is basically like pro soccer levels of stamina you need to have. Yeah, I was <laughs> say the, the, the NBA plays 48 minutes total. Yeah, that that's gonna, nuts. Gonna uh, double it. <laughs> at this point, you're gonna have like people collapsing on the court. Uh, <laughs> this game may have to be postponed after like two quarters, or I guess thirds in this case. I yeah, I don't know what sort of experience Matsui has with basketball, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like he's not being super realistic here. He, yeah, well, especially because yeah. it says like the handicaps they get. So, which is weird too. It says for baseball, class E may divide their offense and defense. I don't know what that means. I guess that means <laughs> you can have just like designated fielders and designated hitters. Yeah. Um, and then for the girls' basketball, it's class E may substitute as many players as they wish, which you can already do in basketball. You yeah. can substitute out the whole <laughs> team if you wanted. <laughs> um, I I feel like maybe he's read. Uh slam dunk at some point but mm-hmm. i mean I, I don't think basketball has much of a following in japan at all so we'll we'll go no, yeah i think it's out here pretty small yeah <laughs> um at the same time though it kind of just makes me wish we did have another basketball manga series running in shonen jump right now it's mm-hmm. if we've got Shield 21 which is american football i mean it, it ended a few years ago but yeah. I feel like there should be some sort of successor. Well, they had uh, what is it, Kuroko's Basketball? That series. oh yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, but it I've never read it, but apparently it's it's not it's not like Slam Dunk or Haikyuu where it's kind of you know I'll say like more grounded. It's apparently like uh, like they have superpowers kind of deal. Like uh. there's one guy whose ability is like you know he can just like snipe full court. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like another you know kind of like more realistic uh basketball series or just another yeah. realistic sports series in in general um this is like a little bit off topic but a few months back i got a captain subasa game for the switch which is basically mm-hmm. that concept but translated to soccer and i haven't read the manga or seen the anime I've pretty much just gone off the game but it, it, mm-hmm. it's pretty insane you've got people like kicking the ball and then jumping on it and sliding across <laughs> <laughs> sliding across the pitch on the ball itself you've got like 
two people will jump off of other players' backs and then kick it at the same time for maximum mm-hmm. power. Um, there's definitely there's definitely a space for that in sports series, but you've got to go mm-hmm. like you've got to go to the extreme, in my opinion, if you're gonna. Well, that's how yeah. I don't know if you've read or watched it, but that's how Prince of Tennis is. A little while back, I was like checking it out because I wanted a sports series. And I was like, man, tennis would be a that seems like a fun you know one to do in the manga format. And then uh, there was like some weird stuff going on in just the first couple uh, chapters. So I was reading into it more. Apparently, there's a character that can like create like a clone of himself basically like so there's doubles out there so it's the same thing (laughs) that it's like you know it's not just there's people gonna you know just come out here and play tennis it's you know dragon ball z but with tennis rackets yeah and and surprisingly this this assassination classroom baseball game is pretty tame by manga standards they definitely yeah the rules a little bit we'll get into that Mm -hmm. volume five but you know they're they're using some somewhat legitimate strategies here especially in japanese high school baseball like bunting is a pretty big deal over there hmm interesting i guess that makes sense yeah because i assume i assume like the good pitchers are just so much better than like you know the average or good hitters are yeah Um, you know the pitchers already have the advantage in like baseball in general that like yeah that makes sense that you know, yeah. if you're up against some ace pitcher, you might as well just try to bunt because you're never going to hit it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the Koshian High School tournament, uh, Shohei Otani was throwing like 99 miles an hour at age <laughs> 17. So that's mm-hmm. that's the well, kind I know of there's stuff that, you're going up against. There's this famous picture of uh, Masahiro Tanaka at uh, that tournament as well, where like you know even in the pros over in japan he had like a 1.27 era one season so i can only imagine high school <laughs> he's probably yeah. you know, had like a he gave up three runs all all uh all year or something yeah it really uh it really comes down to just having one like incredible pitcher that you throw every single mm-hmm. game and, and that's that's actually uh the case with koro sensei's team yeah uh, we have sugana pitching uh he's like he's a pretty decent junk ball pitcher uh Mm -hmm. sort of going back to i think volume one he sort of learned that he was never gonna throw you know 90 mile an hour fastballs but apparently yeah (laughs) apparently a chorus sensei could just like tell by squeezing his wrist with his tentacles Mm -hmm. that he can just like get a ton of uh spin rate on his pitches yeah, it's pretty crazy. Corosensei needs to be a, a scout. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they probably could check Sugina's fingertips for foreign substances. I would assume <laughs> Corosensei's got some sort of, like, slime he can use to get oh, definitely, extra yeah. stick on the ball. Yeah, the Octotac is just 10 <laughs> levels above the spider tack. So, um, in the first inning, Corosensei's team uh, bunts literally every at-bat. Apparently, mm-hmm. this baseball team doesn't understand how to field bunts. They have no uh, conception of an infield shift. So at this point, they're just able to score three runs off of nothing but bunts. Yeah, yeah, they because they well they they get the bunts and get the bases loaded, and then Sugino gets up to bat, and he's oh, actually yeah. competent. So he swings and gets a triple. Apparently, 
That's true. I I did forget about that. And then um mm-hmm. after that, because well the, he fakes yeah. the bunt. He's he starts yeah. off with the bunt, and then uh, yeah comes back and just just hits a frozen rope out to, out to <laughs> the field. And at this point, the principal uh, he gets fed up and takes over as the coach for the the school's official baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's like, oh, uh, the coach suddenly became ill and has to leave the game yeah well they said uh i think it's actually in the next chapter the first one of volume five yeah, like the yeah. announcer says something like you know the principal uh or not the principal but the coach was you know feeling well and the students were concerned about him that's why the baseball team gave up these runs <laughs> <laughs> cool well yeah i think that covers it for volume four so i say we go ahead and move over into volume five unless you have anything else from that one you want to touch on uh, no, I think I'm good. Uh, so I'm looking at the back cool. of volume five here. Uh, mm-hmm. let's see, intramural relations are at an all-time low. Principal Asano wants to crush Korosensei's 3E baseball team, while Korosensei wants to avenge Principal Asano's sabotage of 3E's midterms. Then the government sends in a new special forces operative, a ruthless father figure who tests Karasuma's combat coaching skills. You'll never guess which student doesn't proud. And when Cora Sensei digs a swimming pool to help the students cool off, they un- they discover a new weakness of his. Nice. So, yeah, I liked uh, I like this volume a lot as well. But we get the continuation of the uh, the baseball game uh, that we were just talking about, where the baseball team starts to make a comeback with their their new manager. Yeah, and like I mentioned before, uh, the infield shift actually does come into play here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because they just uh, yeah. they put all the fielders in the infield, which uh, I guess I know there are rules about the infield shift in the MLB right now, uh, but I'm not sure if that was completely against the rules at this point in at least yeah. in American professional baseball. I feel like it would have been frowned upon, but I don't know if mm-hmm. it was totally illegal to just like put everybody in the infield. Yeah, no, I think you can. Well, I don't know if they have it in the MLB yet. I think that's in the talks where you have to have like a certain number of people on each side of second base. Yeah, but I think they, right now you, I think right now you still can shift. But yeah, I guess if you wanted to, you could just put everyone in the infield. Yeah, Probably but, a bad move in 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 MLB right now because everyone just uh, shoots for the home run. Exactly, so you're, gonna, you're gonna get up a lot of doubles that way, but. You know, but, if, you, yeah. if you come up against Koro Sensei's team, then go for it. But apparently, um, traditionally in the world of Assassination Classroom, this sort of shift is illegal, but the umpire mm-hmm. is going to give them... He's going to look the other way because this is Class A. Yep, definitely. Um, so, at this point, they're pretty much just popping out to these designated, like people flanking the catcher just waiting mm-hmm. for the ball to pop up or land right in front of home plate so yeah, they're, so they're they... kind of in trouble at this point mm-hmm. yep and then they go to the the next inning and uh so you know i think gets a quite a few strikeouts or maybe ends the ends the inning and then um the baseball team does eventually start kind of coming back and then we get a new, a new tactic from Koro Sensei, which is just have the fielder stand right in front of kind of the, the star hitter. Yeah. So this that is... he, uh, <laughs> he gets too, like, intimidated. He can't swing the bat. 
Yeah, this is definitely one of the most insane things that Cora Sensei's had his students do. I mean, this is like you're basically putting your students at risk of major concussions or or death. Having people like stand in the swing range of a metal bat, but this this is the world of assassination classroom. So the principal is basically telling the students to swing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess, you know, and the students, uh, they're fast enough that they're able to just kind of easily dodge out of the way of the bat, which is, I mean, pretty impressive, but I guess if you're used to chasing after someone who's going Mach 20, then, you know, some high school kid swinging a baseball bat's not that fast. This is definitely one of the visual gags that I actually think uh, would be stronger in the anime than the manga. Because uh, mm-hmm. we sort of get you know, the outline of the swing and they're already out of its way, but yeah, no, I, I really need to see this for myself. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I can really, I can't really suspend my disbelief this much that they're just like backing mm-hmm. up slightly out of the way. Uh, but it, it's pretty, it's a pretty hilarious uh, tactic here, but it, it ends up working out for them. So, well, yeah. <laughs> and so they get a triple play to end the game, but I don't know if you're like really paying attention to it, so he, you know, to get the hit off, he backs away and swings, and the ball pops up in the air, and it shows karma, and the ball's like, you know, maybe four feet above his head. Well, he jumps up, grabs it barehanded out of the air, um, you know, fresh off the bat, you know, <laughs> two feet away from the guy, grabs it barehanded. So I'm assuming the bat, well, okay, it does show that the, the ball hit the ground. I was going to say, so he just gets an out right there, but they don't count it. But So he, yeah, yeah. he grabs it just straight out of the air like that, throws it a home plate for the out and then they just kind of you know whip around the infield to get the rest of them but i mean that is an athletic feat if i've ever seen one He's, yeah you know, probably jumps two feet in the air <laughs> at a split second to grab the grab the ball barehanded fires it back to home i mean just really impressive from yeah uh, karma here and i was i was a little confused looking at the panels at first because i i thought that he was supposed to have like caught it in midair which yeah, that that's point, what I was like, thinking too. Yeah, like how is he getting these force outs? But mm-hmm. yeah, he did. Honestly, at this point, we've got to give props to like all the infielders at this point because if you're doing a triple play just based off of force outs alone, that that's insane. Yeah, that's these pretty, base runners are either extremely slow or mm-hmm. these people may actually have a future as journeyman <laughs> infielders. <laughs> well, and I didn't pay attention when I was uh, reading it either, but they're all wearing. Um, just like they're normally like sweatsuits, and the baseball teams they're in their full uniform, which I think is hilarious too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have to get out there and probably they're like, uh, you know, swishy pants made by Starter or something. <laughs> yeah, and um, also Nagasa had a pretty good stop as catcher. Honestly, he mm-hmm. is a pretty underrated player in my opinion. Like, yeah, he's, he's pretty, out here he's throwing pretty, uh, people out at third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got to catch all these crazy, uh, all the crazy junk balls from Sugino. Yeah, honestly, all these people are out here like making fun of his lack of athletic ability. But I mean, you don't even need to be a hitter to be a catcher, at least in like the minors. You could mm-hmm. you can get away with batting like one thirty. So, yeah, well, I do like I that know. too. How they Maybe make a point a about his about his lack of athleticism at some point in the series. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll just put you in the most important defensive position. <laughs> yeah, either uh, Matsui's like, this is the one character I can draw wearing catcher's equipment, or <laughs> you know, maybe maybe he needs to rethink his uh, 
his coaching strategies a little bit. I mean, maybe maybe, yeah. uh, maybe Nagis is just really great at calling a game. Yeah, that's that's true. He's he's shown to be analytical. So he's mm, probably yeah. Got, he like, has he has notes on all the hitters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking of like anime cliches and tropes, one thing about baseball, anime, or manga, if you've ever like, I don't know how many you've read besides uh, what was the series that came out a couple of years ago. Kowloon's uh, nine, ball parade. nine dragons ball parade yeah yeah we'll, we'll get into that at some point later uh, that was definitely that was definitely a squandered opportunity for the magazine in my opinion but i've mm-hmm. always liked this trope of the catcher being this just like insanely analytical player who's got scouting reports on everyone who happens mm-hmm. to live in like the prefecture and goes to high school yep um definitely <laughs> I, I definitely think these maybe maybe it's a little bit different in Japan. I know high school baseball is really big there, but the fact that like students are going to other schools to like spy on people and drawing up these crazy detailed scouting reports that's always been really funny to me. Yeah, no, I mean in my high school, kids were like you know like smoking cigs behind the dugout kind of deal. I think <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're driving over to like the neighboring counties to uh you know get get the scouting report on their star hitter. Yeah, for my own experience, uh, though, basically it's just one for fastball, two for curveball, and you're pretty <laughs> much gonna save the curveball for when you have two strikes and the guy's like a pretty competent hitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, that wraps up our our little baseball arc, and yeah, I like that. I like that arc a lot. Um, like we were saying earlier, any of the kind of tropey high school. Um, high school you know like generic arcs that you have to have they all work for me i love them every single time yeah. so yeah the baseball one is is good for sure um after that one we get sugaya giving everyone henna tattoos this one is uh pretty weird coming in he yeah he uh walks in is like oops i forgot we were wearing short sleeves from now on and comes <laughs> in with like his tattoo and I, I made a note of it too because there's some pretty awful dialogue in um we'll probably get into it but there's some pretty awful dialogue in like all of these shonen series but this one he comes in and like you know everyone's kind of shocked at his tattoo and he says i didn't want to reveal my left arm which has been sealed by the gods <laughs> it's just so, what is he doing <laughs> what, yeah this what does that mean <laughs> why what is <laughs> um it's really bad i'm pretty sure Unless I'm forgetting some just, like, random throwaway panel. I'm pretty sure this is his first speaking appearance in the series. Yeah, I think so. It's at least the first time he's named. (laughs) Anytime we get someone making their on-screen debut in Assassination Classroom, you're pretty... You can be pretty sure it's going to be some very cringy dialogue. Yep. (laughs) Um, Also, this is definitely one of those jokes where... uh, Unless you've read, like, a million manga series before this, it's probably going to be lost in translation. Because the the class is just completely aghast mm-hmm. at his tattoos. Which, I mean, if someone pulled up to uh, whatever grade, I guess, like, uh, what grade did it say they were in? Like, freshman well, in, year? Yeah, they're basically year. fresh. Yeah, they're yeah. basically freshmen in high school. Yeah, I mean, I would probably be pretty alarmed if somebody walked in with a tattoo sleeve, even in yeah, America. There was, but this is yeah, there was no one in my yeah. there were no freshmen <laughs> in high school walking in with uh, full henna sleeves. Uh, you know, that's pretty that's pretty intense. 
Yeah, but also, like, there's an extra element to it here because in Japan, like, tattoos are pretty taboo because they're Mm -hmm. associated with Yakuza. Mm -hmm. So they actually mention it later on when they go to the swimming pool. He's like, oh, I can't have uh, visible tattoos at the swimming pool. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, so he basically walks in with, like, full sleeve tattoos. He's got uh, barbed wire. He's got tribal prints. He, uh, this dude looks like he's in a new metal band from the mm-hmm. mid-2000s. Yep, and then they start, uh, he starts drawing on all the other students. And then, so then everyone just has full sleeves. And then Koro-sensei looks like a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even his, think about that. His face tats and his little like net thing on his head. Yeah, lil lil squid. Yeah, um, yeah, he definitely has a lyrical lemonade video. <laughs> um. Also, he says like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna teach for the rest of the day because I'm looking forward to how these turn out." I guess <laughs> I've never done henna before, but I guess you have to like you yeah, peel off. To, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. They talk about like peeling something off and then it leaves the impression behind. Yeah. Um, so, and he's just drawing them too yeah. with like these these bags. Like <laughs> I don't know, that just it doesn't seem uh the most efficient way to do it, but uh, once again, yeah, I don't, I don't know hit either. It looks more like he's like icing a cake than <laughs> actually yep. um than actually doing a tattoo design. But also yep. this doubles as uh, an assassination attempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he tries to get uh, Koro-sensei's face with it. Yeah, he uh, he infuses this uh, ink with what Koro-sensei the, calls, the Koro-sensei. like, yeah, anti-me mm-hmm. material. Mm-hmm. That's one of the running jokes I've always liked about the series, is that, like, we don't really know what this stuff is that's supposed to kill Koro-sensei, but not harm anybody mm-hmm. else. But he just calls it, like, anti-me substance. Yeah, it's just the anti-sensei knives and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a running joke that hasn't gotten old for me yet. Um, mm-hmm. so while everyone's completely covered with tattoos, but still, I, I guess they're just really enraptured by this henna art. <laughs> they're like, we're, we're not done yet. We need more surface to cover. So mm-hmm. then, uh, Miss Helovich enters the room at that exact time. Yep. And slips on one of these, uh, icing bags. <laughs> and smacks her head against the wall and passes out. So then Sugaya and uh, Koro Sensei have kind of a competition on who can draw the best on her arms. And this is where we uh, reveal one of Koro Sensei's. This is supposedly a weakness, but it's that he can only draw cartoon <laughs> art. I don't know how much of a like how much of a help this is going to be to them in the future, but they make a note of it that he's not a very good artist unless he's mm-hmm. drawing manga. Yeah, I mean, I will say his manga isn't. I I wasn't really wasn't really getting it. It uh, I don't really think he has a career uh, like Matsui does. Yeah, his his artwork's okay, but <laughs> yeah, this uh, I'll read it here. So there's like this uh, octopus talking to a guy that's saying summer is the season to change your outfit, octopus, and the octopus says, "I want to change my outfit." And then the uh, the guy's putting a headband on. And then he's, like, mixing something in a bowl. And the octopus says, what are you going to do? 
and the guy says, chop off your sleeves and give you a nice new coat of seaweed and wasabi. You'll be fashionably delicious. So uh, okay, yeah. so I guess he's gonna he's gonna cut them up and turn them into like you know some sort of sushi or something like that. Yeah, I'm guessing is what this is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah he's no, definitely not, uh, not, great. not doing it for me. But you know he 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 is pretty decent at drawing the octopuses or octopi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well he draws them on all the students' uh, like notebooks and uh, or uh, like papers and stuff they turn in as well. So he you know he's in, he's got practice yeah exactly he's uh i honestly feel like out of everything we've seen Cora since i do this is probably like the one thing he's really passionate about that and buying mm-hmm. he's he's one of those people that likes to have something to sip on at all times too he's always got like coffee or yep. some sort of tea that he got exactly <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah he he pretty much uses his mock speed for purchasing luxury beverages Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then they go on to just draw on Miss Vich uh, basically everywhere. They dress her up in, like, samurai armor as well. They just kind of go all out, and uh, she obviously gets angry and uh, starts shooting at Koro-sensei with just real guns. She's got, <laughs> uh, I mean, these look straight out of Call of Duty. She's got, like, the uh, the bullets, like, wrapped around her body. She, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, went all out to try to kill Koro-sensei on this one. And yeah. I love that he just kind of like takes the takes the barrage like they're talking and she's still shooting at him and he's just like standing in front of her because the, <laughs> the bullets apparently I think they explained it in che- in one of the earlier volumes they just like melt upon contact with him. Yeah, there's really something like that. Uh, I don't think Gege from JJK would really approve of the sort of power because it mm-hmm. it's it's not really explained things just melt on contact yeah. but only only bullets because anybody mm-hmm. else can touch him so yeah, i don't no, really Koro, know how it works koro sensei kaizen definitely spends three chapters about the bullets melting into his body <laughs> each each bullet adds like five minutes to his lifespan but if he reaches a certain <laughs> amount of bullets then he starts to like transform into something else Mm-hmm. It, it yep. would have to be needlessly confusing and oddly specific, and something you won't remember in three three chapters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that ends that little arc, and then following that, we get we get another one. This arc is this the? I think this is probably the longest, the first like real lengthy arc we have, because even like the um the baseball one is like three ish chapters, I think. And the the previous longer arc was uh, the school trip, and that one's even only like two or three chapters. But this one takes yeah. a little bit, um, I believe. It looks like it's yeah. one, two, three, four. Yeah, it's like four or five chapters. Yeah. So this is when they start kind of like really, you know, drawing them out. Um, but we get a new teacher here. We get uh, Takaoka, who's he's going to be the new PE teacher, because I guess uh, Karasuma's not doing not doing a good enough job yeah this guy is this guy's pretty insane he's definitely mm-hmm. uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't call him a trophy character but yeah he's, he's basically just like the it's definitely not a new concept for anime or manga to have this character that has a really like inviting outer appearance that suddenly snaps mm-hmm. and turns extremely violent yeah um yeah, so he his deal is that he's basically just going to work the students uh, 
to death to train to kill Koro Sensei, but then he also is just like free to hit them and you know, uh, yeah, kind of if that. I... But apparently that's what he did when he was in the the military as well. There's this picture of him like smiling, standing with all of his uh, subordinates, I guess. And then there's another one where he's just like whipped the crap out of them, got their hands tied behind their backs. Yeah, and apparently um, he was a uh classmates with uh with Karasuma, Karasuma in the academy and Karasuma mm-hmm. was the top student but then Takoka sort of became a higher level uh member mm-hmm. of the military because he's just so like ruthless yeah yeah and so to kind of resolve this to get him out of the way uh he comes up with a deal that like one of the students has to assassinate him and then if they can do that he'll kind of leave and they choose nagisa and this kind of sets up uh it starts setting up nagisa and kind of making him uh, an actual character i feel like like because he's you know other than i guess i don't know if maybe koro since the main character but nagisa is definitely the i don't know the quote-unquote protagonist of the series so far at least like i think yeah. he's the one doing a lot of the narration as well he definitely has a lot of screen time. He he mm-hmm. doesn't really seem to have much of a presence in the plot up until this point, but yeah. they make a like they make a point of showing him. So mm-hmm. you get the you get the feeling that he's probably going to be a bigger deal later on in the series, yeah. which happens to be the mm-hmm. case here. So um, basically, Takaoka's uh, his challenge is that he's going to hand one of the students a real knife. Mm-hmm. and he'll leave if the student's able to stab him so like we said before nagasa gets the knife and this guy's like oh man nagasa is like they, they describe him as a herbivore type character which <laughs> basically means he's like students just trying to stay out of the way um he's a lot of the characters aren't sure whether he's a boy or a girl mm-hmm. dude he's just pretty like He's not very imposing at all, but yeah, in, he's in... he's like a he's a pretty stereotypical like stock kind of you know weak wimpy character. Yeah, but in in true anime fashion, he just like as soon as he gets a knife in his hands, he suddenly mm-hmm. snaps. He's got this dude in a headlock with a knife up to his neck. Um, yeah, and that's where we got that sort yeah. of. <laughs> it was touched on a little earlier too, where. Uh, he does the same a similar thing to Karasuma, I guess. They're out doing their training and Karasuma gets this like uh kind of chill that someone's about to assassinate him and he just smacks the crap out of uh Nagisa and sends him flying. Um so it gets a you know, kind of foreshadowed that he has this, I guess, skill to just sort of like sneak up on people, uh kinda like unopposing and assassinate them. Yeah, so yeah, his skill is basically that he's just a forgettable character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um I I definitely I I'll touch on it later. I felt like this arc was kind of weak at first, mm-hmm. mostly because it, um it was kind of obvious to me that this teacher was not gonna like last past Yeah, he, this yeah arc. he's not in for the in for the long yeah. haul. Yeah. But it, it does set up this uh you know, this moment where we see that Nagasa wants to be an assassin in mm-hmm. the future. Yeah, he not... has a, a skill for it. Yeah. And they and they talk about too it, it's not just assassinating Kora Sensei, but he's like if we end up actually having a world to come back to, 
at the end of the school year kill chorus and say like he actually wants to be a pro assassin at this point mm-hmm. yeah and that leads into kind of further conversation with koro sensei and karasuma where he's like you know what do what do we do like is it is it right to teach one of our students to become an assassin which is weird because like that's literally all they've been doing yeah but, yeah they've got their yeah. students in chapter one pointing guns at uh koro sensei yeah that that's one of the funny things about the series too is that like i feel like in the first chapter they they're pretty much strapped up at all times Mm -hmm. just like shooting at him constantly uh i feel like it sets it up to be a lot more violent than it actually becomes because at, at this point like the worst they're doing is grinding a substance into the henna tattoos and trying to poison him with it or you'll um, see these little one-off panels every now and then where it's like, you know, a student is saying hi to Koro Sensei in the morning and then, like, takes a shot at him as well and he dodges it. Like, you'll see yeah. that in the panels. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, yeah, they're not really, like, violently going after Koro Sensei all the time. It's, like you were saying, these little pranks almost or these one-off moments of, like, maybe I can catch him off guard just saying hello. Yeah, but that actually transitioned into Volume 6, and a little mm-hmm. bit of the end of this volume where they actually do make some sort of an attempt. And this yeah. kind of is another major or somewhat major arc in the series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so at, this one, yeah. Koro Sensei, so they so they have to take, I guess, like they start swim class or something like that in the summer. Uh, but because they're in class E and they're in like the crappy school at the top of the mountain, they have to walk uh, a half mile round trip, which they complain about the half mile round trip, which I have to say, I mean, it's pretty far for like a school campus, but yeah, it's not that that only bad. walking a quarter mile one way, right? Like that's not yeah. that far. It'll take you, you know, four or five minutes maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's not that out of the norm for like a large school, if they even have a bull at all, like. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, in in college, I have to walk a quarter mile from you know my dorm to some buildings. I mean, any, yeah. any of these kids that go to UK here, you got to walk miles probably if you're gonna actually do that. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I hate to keep dunking on Matsui here, but maybe this guy's just not very uh, very active. Maybe yeah. Thinks, maybe I mean, I will say I know they. A lot. Yeah, I will say I know that these uh, you know, these creators have to have to work and draw a lot so it could be a deal where he uh you know a quarter a half mile round trip is pretty far for someone who has to spend like 80 hours a week drawing yeah that that's true his back's probably <laughs> probably screaming out for help i mean uh yeah. we were uh um looking at the hunter hunter dude's twitter account because he's mm-hmm. been like it's been kind of active recently posting about his progress with yeah he's posting some scribbles yeah. every every couple days yeah he, he he posted something it was either on his twitter account or in an interview where he's like i haven't been able to go to the bathroom without horrible discomfort anytime mm-hmm. over like the past five years because his back yeah. is like that bad mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i could see a quarter mile just like killing this dude yeah, someone needs to get these guys a drafting desk. Exactly. I mean, we've got tools for that. We got standing desks now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, but so uh, to get around this uh, arduous quarter mile quarter mile walk, I guess one of the, the way back is up a mountain. I don't know how, you know, I 
with Matsui, that mountain could be like, you know, a little 10 foot climb, but exactly. Uh, you know, we don't know how arduous this mountain is. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's, you know, they're climbing up the Alps. Um, but so to get around this Koro since it kind of builds them a pool, there's a little, uh, like stream back in their area that he dams up to create a, a pretty nice pool. He's got two 25, uh, 25 meter lanes. Um, you know, he's really put in work on this thing. It looks incredible. Yeah, and he does it in like a matter of like 10 minutes. It kind of mm-hmm. reminds me if you've seen those YouTube videos where it's like guy builds uh underground city using <laughs> <laughs> using household tools or like dude yep. builds like statue out of pebbles. It it totally reminds me of that YouTube channel. Obviously, this predates that by quite a few years. So, mm-hmm. or should say may have been ahead of the curve. Could have been a YouTuber if he really wanted to be well he actually he says it took it took uh 20 hours for the water to fill up oh yeah he, yeah. Probably, he probably created the all of it i guess yeah because well and we find out the coral sense is weak to water too so he doesn't really have a good way to transfer all the water in there quicker yeah the uh he was able to repair it in a, in like a pretty short time so the structural mm-hmm. elements were probably not not a big deal for him yep good point yeah, so uh, they build the pool and they start kind of, you know, swimming. We also find out that Koro Sensei is just an awful lifeguard, um, <laughs> really making everyone follow the rules. And uh, we also find out he's weak to water. He uh, kind of swells up and where we, I guess we don't really know at this point that he's weak to water. We just get kind of the assumption. He doesn't want to get in the pool. We find out that his uh, like life, his lifesaver floaty is uh not a floaty at all it's a giant gluten cracker yeah that was that was a cool little uh that was a funny detail i'm not really sure what a mm-hmm. gluten cracker is but yeah i'm not sure yeah. that was I, I assume it's probably just like a cookie or something that was a mm-hmm. pretty that, that was a good one right there and uh yeah that trans or the transitions into volume six Mm-hmm. Where the cover of this one actually shows Cora Sensei's face turning blue with a giant purple X through it, and he's got like water bubbles coming out of his mouth. Nice. So you get a you get an idea of what he might look like when he's underwater. Um, mm-hmm. So in the back here it says Simon Six. The three E students discover that Cora Sensei's greatest weakness might be a common substance. Will they be able to use it to assassinate him while well, he helps Meg, formerly the varsity swim team, with her greatest weakness? The next assassination attempt, implemented by Tarasica, is more elaborate but endangers his fellow students. Can he save them without saving his target? Then the top class at school, including Principal Asana's son, conspires to prevent 3E from ever rising closer to the top. And then we have the picture that I mentioned before of Korra Sensei on a motorcycle. Um, he's wearing, like... A motorcycle jumpsuit and each leg has like three or four of his tentacles protruding through it so he's able to sort of separate his tentacles into like larger legs made out of multiple limbs that's funny yeah this uh so this volume i feel like there's actually a lot going on like now that i'm kind of like looking back at it i feel like this one was pretty busy it all sort of revolves around this the swim thing but there's we first get this uh, little arc with uh, Kataoka, which I think is her her first kind of introduction. Um, we find out she's a really great swimmer, uh, but she's kind of being used by one of her friends that she taught to swim. 
Um, but then she kind of kept showing or stopped showing up for swim lessons and then got, uh, like basically just torched in the ocean and, you know, wound up on shore. Um, yeah, this is one of those things where like in, uh, Mm -hmm. in the world of assassination classroom, you can really just, uh, mess up in a really small way and people will (laughs) never forgive you for it. You really really gotta stay out of the way. Yeah. She ends up in class E because of trying to teach (laughs) this girl how to swim. Like. You know, she goes from being a student in, like, this great prestigious high school to being, like, the dregs of society. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary. Like, <laughs> I I'm I would be uh, having panic attacks every day with the amount, mm-hmm. of, <laughs> the amount of stress these kids are going through. <laughs> and I, I do love the art. So they, to kind of fix this, you know, Koro Sensei is kind of talking sense into her and uh, and he he draws this manga kind of explaining like what's going to happen if they keep going on. He calls it Koro Sensei's Melancholy Housewife manga, which is super dark actually. If you yeah, um, like, I do remember that. To it. It, uh, he's... Yeah, he's, it's like you know it shows Kataoka and then like Koro Sensei, and he's like you know he's spending the rent money on slot machines and he like hits her. And it says, like, you know, sorry, this month's rent has turned into a bar of chocolate. And it's like, tell her, don't leave me. <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah, I won't. Like, you're so helpless. And, yeah, it's really dark. It's uh, it's basically the um, the whole premise of Oyasumi Pum Pum, too. So if you, yeah. if you want more of a Melancholy Housewife, go read any of, uh, you know, any of his works. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy, too, because Chorus Sensei draws himself as the mm-hmm. abusive husband. <laughs> He's got, like... He's wearing a baseball hat that says scum on it. And he's got like a really a really patchy beard. This is it's pretty crazy. Um I really want the the scum hat though. That's pretty it, good. Yeah, that's it, it sounds like uh That's definitely some Travis Scott merch or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Um that's one thing uh Shonen Jump has actually been dropping official merch through Viz Media, but I'm pretty sure we mm-hmm. haven't gotten any assassination classroom merch yet. No, but, I've seen I've seen like MHA and maybe Bleach or something. And probably some yeah. other, you know, I'm sure Naruto's got something. Yeah. Lyrical uh, Lemonade just dropped a bunch of minions merchandise. And I feel like Chorus Sensei oh, he's got like he's got minions vibes. Yeah, he's definitely minion adjacent for sure. Yeah. Like at this point we could do like um you know, a beanie with its face on it, or one of those Kanye West <laughs> full face masks with the giant Chorus Sensei face on it. There's a lot of good, merchandising actually. you could do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. He, he's definitely a marketable character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like their arc of how they actually, you know, so the, the plan they devise that they're they're going to teach this girl how to swim and kind of set it up in a dream. So they kidnap her in her bed and they all dress up as like these fish creatures. <laughs> um, and they're going to like trick her that it's a dream and teach her how to swim that way. And, uh, I love Koro Sensei in this one too. He's got the goggles on. He's got this giant like carp outfit. Yeah, it's um, the Koro Sensei wetsuit. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so part of this too is there. You know, he says that he's gonna kind of get in the water and teach her to swim, and he does that by uh, getting in his yeah his Koro Sensei koi costume wetsuit is what he calls it, <laughs> where he just yeah he just turns into a a fish. Yeah, that's a uh, it's. You know, obviously can't show it to the people at home through mm-hmm. the audio, but it's a pretty amazing panel. You'll have to look it up if you can. 
He's basically this one has some like, other yeah. pretty good gags too. There's that one, and then uh, he gets in the water again, and they're like, "Oh, he's gonna swim this time," but he's actually just uh, like moving the water with a bucket at uh, at Mach twenty all around, <laughs> so he's not actually being touched by the water. Yeah, they call it the DIY wave pool, which this this causes <laughs> the girl taking the lessons to be caught in this riptide. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is the same she... riptide she was caught in when she almost drowned, mm-hmm. uh, however many years ago. Yeah, and she she's convinced that it is a dream, and then uh, becomes a, a monster at swimming. Uh, and then Kataoka is sort of like, "Oh, I guess if you can swim now, then you don't need me to help you." And that sort of <laughs> just just resolves it. Yeah, this is definitely another one of those little filler arcs. But Koro Sensei does reveal at the end. He says, "You know, as you as you suspect, I can't swim. I can hardly move when my body absorbs water." So, uh, you know, I guess it does serve some purpose. It's a fun little arc, but yeah. I think most of it could have been resolved with just you know. It could have been one chapter. Out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> The, I will say it's also like the full volume itself is kind of a giant arc because it all revolves mm-hmm. around like around the, the pool. swimming pool. Because the next mm-hmm. arc, Tarasica, who's like he's basically just been a filler background character in the past. You've seen him kind yeah. of like cutting up in class or bullying mm-hmm. Nagasa a little bit, but he and mm-hmm. his group of like two friends are basically supposed to be the slackers in the class. They just, like, sit in the back of the room. Uh, yeah, they're the, the class E of class E. Yeah, they're just, they're just uh, professional haters. And mm-hmm. they, uh, after the swimming lesson, they just trash the pool in the middle of the night. And this actually gets foreshadowed a little bit in one of the earlier pool chapters. I think it's when Koro Sensei is, like, showing the pool and all the students are kind of, you know, jumping and playing. You do see uh, there's this panel that has, like, all the students kind of playing in the front of it. And then in the back, you see these three silhouettes kind of, like, walking away in the distance, <laughs> which I'm assuming is supposed to be Taraska and these other students kind of be yeah. like, you know, we're not, you know, we're not playing in the pool. We're going to tear it up here in a couple days. Yeah, they, they are just... Uh ultimate haters <laughs> preying on everybody's downfall um yep. and so this uh so tarasica can't stand koro sensei he doesn't like that everyone's kind of getting buddy buddy with him which you know i have to say i sort of see his point a little bit like this guy's gonna destroy the planet and yeah. everyone's just like yeah but he's uh this fun lovable octopus so you know i can't say i really blame him too much but it's at the same time i mean Koro Sensei is pretty fun, so I think that even yeah. if he was going to destroy the planet, I'd be like, well, you know, we can at least chop it up with Koro Sensei here in the meantime. Yeah, and, exactly, because other... it's not looking good for them, honestly. I, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure deep down they kind of feel like they're not going to win. Yeah, they have made uh, no, like, meaningful progress up to this point. Yeah. Um, but his other friends are starting to to kind of really like Koro Sensei. One of them got a good score on his test because he kept going to the... Uh, after school slimy practice test special study session um they keep saying slime a lot this one definitely a very uh, young thug inspired chapter <laughs> yeah he's um, uh, definitely uh Kora sensei is actually the secret uh, kingpin of ysl he's the real <laughs> king slime this is uh, the truly slime season <laughs> uh, and then next we get his other friend who's really into motorcycles and stuff so he's hanging out with koro sensei talk about him because koro sensei is a uh, sophisticated macho man deep down apparently but koro sensei builds this really sick uh 
like motorcycle out of wood and uh yeah i mean this thing is amazing this is like next level gundam model kit building i have to say <laughs> yeah yeah like i was saying before this is probably one of my favorite panels of the three mm-hmm. volumes especially since his tentacles are like constricted in the suit so he looks like he's got legs <laughs> it, it, it's pretty hilarious and so then this sets it up uh, Troska kind of um you know, is fed up and throws like this bug, sp- this can of bug spray on the ground that he just kind of inexplicably has in his desk. Throws it on the ground, it goes off when everyone's, you know, kind of Taraska, you suck. And then we see at the end of that chapter, he's getting money from uh, Shiro and Itana because uh, he's helped sabotage um, Koro Sensei. Yeah, and these guys. So this goes into like one of yeah. the first, the first bigger assassination attempts, I guess. Like the first kind of like really thought out and planned you had the the brief one in um during the school uh the school trip where they hired the sniper and you know kind of like set up these things to have him kill koro sensei and then i guess when both of the new students come in but this is the first one it's like a really kind of elaborate plan to try to kill him yeah this is kind of i i was kind of talking about how i thought this might start to happen in the next few chapters but mm-hmm. this this really shows that there's like more to the assassination attempts beyond class three. You've yeah. got these two like got these hooded guys that are uh, basically have some sort of connection to Korra Sensei because they were the ones that built or or created him and his brother. Mm-hmm. And here we see. Um, we see Edna with like his hair tentacles going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now his hair tentacles have uh, like barbs attached to them as well. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be waterproof or something at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> there's a, a fun panel in there too. I don't know if you noticed it where she was explaining he's like you know after i learned my lesson after a last attempt i decided to implement a much more elaborate training regimen to make him more powerful talking about itana and it's it shows uh shiro in sort of like a chibi animal crossing style watering this tentacle pot and then in the corner (laughs) is like this really disgusting tom nook just counting money i did notice that that was another like reference that i thought was Mm -hmm. great then there's another panel uh right before that i think where he's like peeling and eating a banana using his hair tentacles as well (laughs) there's there's a lot of really good gags like weirdly enough this is one of the most action sort of action-packed arcs in the series but Mm -hmm. also one of the funniest too seeing Korra sensei's limbs like ballooned up with water is also really great touch as well Mm-hmm. So this plan is Shiro and Itana have kind of recruited Tarasuka because they know how much he hates Koro Sensei, so to kind of sabotage him. So this can of bug spray, I guess, was actually this chemical that uh, I don't know exactly what that one. Oh, that was was that the one it, that made Koro Sensei? Uh, he's kind of like allergic to it, so he just like is spewing snot everywhere. Yeah, I think that, yeah. That's the deal with that. And then um, he also puts like this gasoline stuff in the water too um which kind of like uh i guess makes it absorb into his body more i think was the deal yeah 
And then, so then they have, uh, you know, Taraska, they get all the students in the pool and Taraska is supposed to kind of give them the signal to come in and kill Koro Sensei, but instead his signal, uh, like breaks the dam and all the students start like, you know, rushing down this waterfall off the mountain and Koro Sensei has to snap him up and save him. But now he's stuck, stuck in the water, just ready to be killed by Edna. Yeah, and then Shira is like, "Oh yeah, this is also going to kill the majority of your classmates." As yeah, well. he was like, "There might be eight or nine. He was like, "There might be eight or nine or something like that." <laughs> so yeah, immediately Taraska is like, "Oh man, I messed up here." <laughs> um, but somehow, even though um, even though Eaton and Shira were like, "It's gonna be mathematically impossible for Chorus and say to save all the students." Somehow mm-hmm. he, he he just does. He saves yeah. all of them. Yep, but because he's Koro he, Sensei. Yeah. But then um, he still is like kind of stuck in the water at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a, a student above him still that he was just sort of able to throw up onto a, a tree limb, which they, they named, I think this is her introduction, they call her Big Butt Hara because <laughs> she's supposed to be like the, I don't know, the big character of the series. Um. Yeah, it's another uh, another unfortunate shonen trope here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but so he he can't like fight to the best of his abilities because he knows that if he does, he's gonna hurt her, who's you know hanging up above him. And you know, Cora since he cares about all the students, he's gotta protect them, so he can't do that. Um, but then Karma kind of shows up, and this is his first. The series does this a lot, where the students will just kind of disappear for a while, and so this yeah. is Karma's first. I want to say like his first real appearance since uh, the baseball arc where he has a little bit piece to that. Yeah. Um, and, and he quite literally, he quite literally did disappear because he says that he just got bored and decided to stop showing up to class for a few weeks. <laughs> at, le- at least he gets some kind of explanation for it. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so yeah, yeah, he, he devises this plan because Taraska is sort of like, I'm an idiot, but I'll, uh, you know, I'll follow some orders. So he devised this plan to, to catch Itana with the, with his shirt that had all the bug spray on it. So then Itana gets, uh, you know, he starts sneezing and stuff and Corosens is able to save the students and they all, uh, start throwing the water on Itana and he gets, he gets all waterlogged too. And they're able to beat him that way. Yeah. And then, um, I mentioned this earlier and totally forgot at the end of this arc after they've saved him they actually do have a little summer festival color illustration where they're watching the fireworks mm. together. So oh, interesting. They, they did actually use that trope as well. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, for chapter <laughs> for uh, chapter 50 it's that's like the color page. And then from there we move on to the start of the final arc from these three volumes uh mm-hmm. left on a bit of a cliffhanger yep but uh so for yeah, the next a, yeah yeah we get a, a a new exam arc uh where we get the return of koro sensei's uh clones except this time he shows too that if uh, he removes his limbs the clones turn into like children versions of himself um, we see some great the, illustrations there too. <laughs> yep, there's one. I, he said, "You know, I lose another, and father, father clone walks out on the family, forcing mother clone to raise the children on her own." Of course, since he's got these really dark, uh, I'll say like illustrations and stuff to kind of teach the students what happens. Yeah, Matsui's uh, Matsui's concept of the nuclear family is pretty bleak. 
<laughs> he, he he must have had a bad experience with one of his parents or something because <laughs> any anytime we see a mother and father in the story they're always uh, the father's busy. walking out every time yep um so then we move on to they're sort of like studying for the exam like we said chorus and say and then class a has brought in the principal's son sort of be their tutor alongside yet again another shonen trope but there's like the big four the people Mm -hmm. that are like the four other best students yep in the class as well um yeah so they're they all have like their own specialty and they all uh you know like there's the one the really ugly student who's like good at science you have uh this weird uh this guy with like the Skrillex haircut, who's the award-winning poet laureate of uh, <laughs> the junior high. Um, but yeah, these are just kind of the stereotypical smart kids. They've all got their uh, subject that they excel in, and so they're going to teach all the other Class A students so that uh, Class E can't beat them. And I like the uh, the gag in this one too, where um, what's his name Shindo from the baseball team. He's yeah. kind of he's explaining all this to. Uh, What's I can't remember Sugino. Um, he's explaining that all this is happening to Sugino, but he's kind of like announcing it. So it, it does another one of these things where uh, you know he's able to kind of play with the manga format. And, yeah. Uh, Sugino's like, hold on a minute, are you actually narrating this out loud? He says, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to. <laughs> um, yeah, I love those those little gags. Yeah, and um, there's also oh. another interesting gag at the end here where Ritsu who we honestly i kind of forgot she existed for a little bit because she only yeah, appears she... once mm-hmm. as like a sort of i guess their version of siri on their iphone mm-hmm. where she kind of just like appears as a personal assistant on the screen but here it shows that because it would be unfair for an ai to take a test she's able to teach another student for a different class to stand in for her yep which I thought was, yeah, and, was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we learn about the uh, the principal's son too, who uh, you know is obviously going to play a big part in this one. And he's he's another one of these like stereotypical characters. He's kind of you know almost like a another version of Karma. He's kind of the asshole character, but is also just kind of good at everything as well. Right. Um, so we get his introduction too, but he. He has kind of a suspicion that something's going on with Class E, um, so his goal is to, you know, they've come up with this uh, competition with Class E that if Class A, I guess, has has more students get like the best score on the on the exam, Class E kind of has to do whatever they want them to do. Yeah, and he writes up a legal contract that's basically mm-hmm. like. You're gonna be my indentured servants. Yep. <laughs> so this dude is like this dude's on another level of mm-hmm. evil. The other people in class they were basically like, oh, it's like dance for us or like you're yeah, not allowed to eat lunch in the cafeteria mm-hmm. for a week. But yeah, this this dude's on another level. He's really uh, he specifically wants to figure out their secret though. So there's the stipulation contract that says you can never lie to us again Mm -hmm. so basically if they win he's gonna figure out about Korra Sensei and take his own shot at trying to assassinate it 
And then I don't think it's revealed in this what class E would get if they win. Um, but Koro Sensei has kind of pulled out this uh, like school brochure and is like, I think that if we win, we should get this. So that's not kind of revealed. So we don't really know what class E is fighting for, but everyone's really, really excited for it. And at the end, we sort of get this cliffhanger where he's... Uh... Nagasa is inside of a Roman Colosseum. There's this giant monster attacking mm-hmm. him. It's like this is the first exam question. Mm-hmm. And there's there's this weird panel that I want to bring up in this one too, where I don't know if you noticed it, but it's those two the two non E students that I think they get named in like a little extra of the manga, but I don't think they get named in the actual thing. Um, these two like really ugly students that kind of are picking on Nagisa all the time. But when they approach him and they're sort of like, you know, yeah, you made this bet with class A, they're the one guy's like leaning against the wall and the other one is like hugging him from behind. I noticed that too. I don't know what's, don't know what's going on with this panel, but uh yeah, that was that was one that when I was reading it this time I was like, Wait, why are <laughs> why are they like this? <laughs> Honestly too, Matsui I mentioned this in the last episode, but the the background characters that he draws, mm-hmm. I know that I, I think they're intentionally supposed to be ugly looking, but yeah, he makes some he makes some hideous looking people. <laughs> um, the the, the stand in student that's studying mm-hmm. Mitsu's place also looks this way. She has this like giant bulbous nose with like warts on it. Yeah, she looks like Squidward. Yeah, exactly. She's like a swollen humanoid Squidward. <laughs> I I just don't really, I don't really get what he's going for here. But yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah. And um, <laughs> an interesting thing about these exam marks too is that we don't really see them taking the exams. He always just shows them like fighting against monsters, mm-hmm. and he'll be like, "Yeah, this is a question on the exam." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we beat this big i think in the the last volumes there was like this giant crocodile one that they yeah beat. it's got these words all over it yeah and then this one it's this giant like minotaur thing <laughs> um yeah like a, all right i guess yeah i don't I, I think that was i had it listed last week as like what was going to be a gripe uh but it wasn't all that fleshed out that yeah i think the exam chapters like with the fighting kind of like that it doesn't really work for me it's a little a little cheesy yeah what do you think but, uh yeah oh, go on what, what, oh, i was gonna say what do you think uh worked well for these little, yeah I, yeah we'll little... move on into yeah what what went well for these volumes i think for me uh the biggest one is how they keep kind of cluing you in on the little koro sensei details like how he has to use inner energy to kind of regenerate uh and molt right and just you know it doesn't just like come out and tell you in the intro of like you know like we were saying about like the Jujutsu Kaisen thing where it's like, yeah, of course, since he's got these tentacles and, uh, you know, here's all the properties of them and here's what he can do and what he can't do. I like that they keep just kind of like dropping them in from time to time. Like, oh, by the way, he can do this too. Yeah. And I really liked that they sort of move away a bit from the new character of the week or month Mm -hmm. format. They start revisiting some of the characters we either already know or have seen in the background flush them out a little bit more um yep. each of these arcs there are there are a couple of arcs that have new people the Edna arc is a new character mm-hmm. and the arc with the new PE teacher yeah 
Um, I did think both of those were actually some of the weaker arcs from this series, though. So mm-hmm. I, I really liked the arcs that took the characters we already know and put them into these sort of weird but also familiar situations, like the baseball and the pool. Yeah, arc, I, both mm-hmm. of which I definitely are feel like we've moved. Mm-hmm. I feel like we definitely moved past like the you know the intro stages, and now it's like you know he's at a point where he can really you know make actually crafted arcs and you know move into the meat of the story. Um, and that'll go to my second kind of what went well is I think that, you know, I like that the story moves pretty fast. Like a lot happens in these three volumes. You know, we get a new student, uh, we get a new teacher, the re- that new student returns, we get a baseball arc, we get a study arc, we get two different kind of swimming arcs. Uh, and they're all pretty, you know, pretty well fleshed out. Um, so I really liked that as well for these that, you know, he's, he's getting into, these kind of longer art territories, but there's still just a lot of stuff packed into these three volumes. Yeah. And I think also the humor of the series has gotten a lot more uh, unique and creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the one sort of one-off chapter we mentioned before about Cora Sensei taking the two students to go see a movie in Hawaii, I thought was Mm-hmm. really great chapter even though it doesn't really have a lot of impact on the story itself yeah uh, it, it, it was pretty funny and i thought did a good job of like bridging the gap between two arcs giving a little space between it and like mm-hmm. i said bef- like we were talking about before the um the drawings of tom nook the references <laughs> to other series cores the, the, with a the, baseball the dragon head. ball panels yeah yeah the the art has not necessarily gotten the art's still a little weird looking, but he's gotten mm-hmm. better at incorporating all of these smaller visual gags into the background. Yeah, yeah, the yeah the art I don't think like from a kind of technical point isn't that great still, but I think like the comedy uh, works really well. Yeah, and and shonen series that aren't specifically comedy series, I think a mm-hmm. lot of time that can be their weakest link. Yeah. Um, especially especially series that were coming out before this mm-hmm. like as much as i you know i enjoy naruto but uh the jokes and slapstick humor are definitely not one of its stronger suits yeah well and i feel like a lot of those students like or student, uh series this one uses a lot of these same kind of like running gags but just does them i don't know better yeah. like you know in dragon ball and naruto and stuff it's like you know, you'll get like, yeah, Master Roshi's a perv, and that's the joke that they just hammer home every six chapters. And exactly, like, you know, it doesn't like change anything up. It's just like, you know, every volume you have to have one moment where Master Roshi's like trying to see some girl's underwear just over and over and over yeah. and over and over again. And pretty much every every adventure series after that is going to have a character that basically is Master Roshi. Yep. <laughs> yeah. In this case, uh, it, it's a little bit funnier because he's an octopus. Mm-hmm. A little bit more unexpected that he would be the character that fulfills that role. Yeah. Well, um, I feel like for Coral Sensei, it's just kind of peppered in, too. Yeah. It's just like a, a reminder, like, you know, oh, yeah, Coral Sensei, you know, like in these uh, volumes, he's always reading, like, the... Uh, um, like the swimsuit magazines or whatever they are. Um, yeah. 
so they're just kind of peppered in as like these little one-offs rather than like making that you know that's Masaroshi's entire character basically yeah I definitely think uh, to put it in Naruto terms he's more of a Kakashi than a Jiraiya <laughs> yep mm-hmm, definitely yeah where it's just like a fun quirk to his character rather than his whole personality yeah exactly um, do we want to go ahead and get into gripes or do you have any other uh any any other things that did really well you want to talk about yeah i think i'm good with moving on to gripes uh okay. i actually had one in particular and i think it was that there are a couple of arcs that i think were particularly weak mm-hmm. and those were the two arcs that introduce characters that i felt like were inconsequential to the story yeah uh my my positive comment was that a lot of the arcs moved away from the character of the week format but here we have this mm-hmm. arc with lovro which i mean as a character he's kind of yeah. cool but it's mm-hmm. i mean he's really only there for like two chapters and yep he doesn't really make a lot of noise while he's there um mm-hmm. well and that was gonna get into one of my gripes is that lovro kind of like gets hyped up as you know like it's a cliffhanger from volume three um you know he's introduced he's you know gonna take miss uh miss bitch out of the classroom so he gets kind of like hyped up and he's supposed to be this great assassin but then he just kind of sucks like in the matter of page in page in a matter of pages he goes from like being this you know person it's like you know, maybe he'll get to Koro Sensei or get to Karasuma and they'll have to take Miss Vich out of the classroom and then it's just kinda like thrown by the wayside and it's very it's like, oh yeah, no, he can't uh he can't do that. He's actually not a very good assassin. Yeah. And just kinda disappears, like Yeah, I think it's you know, less of like maybe Lover of the character, but how he was sort of handled in this introduction arc. And I think Takaoka was, they, they were kind of trying to run back the same sort of formula. Mm-hmm. It basically is the sort of thing where instead of Miss Vicious past, we're getting a character from Karasuma's past who's yeah. supposed to be a slightly better assassin than him. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's basically just a longer version of the same arc. It's a little yep. bit more compelling and has a little bit more consequence to the story. At the mm-hmm. same time, it's just like, there are already so many characters in assassination classroom to keep up with. I kind of just want to see how they'll handle different situations. Yeah. Well, I think what the, you know, the Takaoka arc does well is that it sets up Nagisa a little bit and you know, yeah. turns him into an actual character. Whereas the Lovra one doesn't really do anything other than them, like yet again, doing the same thing of like, Oh yeah, we like Miss Vich. Like, you know, she's cool now. Yeah. Which, and and they know, had already come fine. to that conclusion before. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. During her um, own, like, specific arc. Yeah, I think the uh, Eatna storyline, at least, is a little bit more interesting because, mm-hmm. for one, he's sort of a recurring villain, and two, you actually learn more about Korra Sensei through him, since they're supposedly brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go to my next gripe, which is... And this is the case for, you know, I brought it up a little earlier, this is the case for, like, a lot of these Shonen Jump series, because, once again, they're kind of aimed at children, but there's some really awful dialogue in here. Like, I think there's a lot yeah. of good jokes <laughs> and stuff, but there's some there's some panels, and I don't know if this was a factor of just, because I was reading it, trying to, you know, part of it was trying to find stuff that I didn't like to, you know, kind of fill out these gripes, whereas if I read, you know, whatever, Black Clover, I'm just kind of, like, going through, through the story, so where you know yeah. there might be there might be worse dialogue in that but i just kind of don't care because i'm glossing over it 
But there's some just really awful ones, like we were saying with Sugaya earlier, where he's like, you know, I don't want to reveal my left arm, which has been sealed by the gods. <laughs> um, there's one uh, that the Asano, the the principal's son says, he says, you know, I've studied civil law extensively. I could probably draw up a contract to destroy people if I tried. <laughs> uh, which, what, what does that even mean? You can just, any contract you make can just, you know, like ruin people's lives. They don't have to sign yeah. a contract. You just got to draw it up. <laughs> um, and, you know, basically everything he says is just terrible. Um, but yeah, there's just even some really corny things. Nagisa was talking about Taraskin. He says, you know, lately he's been in a really rotten mood and I'm positive he had something to do with trashing our pool. It's like people don't, <laughs> people don't talk this way. 14 and 15 year olds definitely don't talk this way. Um, you know, it's not like a huge deal because I think, you know, a lot of these stories have to do that. They're aimed at children and, you know, you can only do so much with kind of the manga format, right? Like this, right? Yeah. But there's, there is some bad, really awful dialogue in here. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree, and I think this is this is more of like a nitpicky uh, gripe on my end, but mm-hmm. I feel like the uh, Matsui's concept of sports and athleticism uh, <laughs> is <laughs> is just kind of wonky. Like for for one, um, this person taking one swimming lesson and then trying to like jump in the ocean a little. Mm-hmm. A little ridiculous <laughs> and then um the baseball game obviously i i thought it was one of my favorite perks in the series but at the same time uh, mm-hmm. the suspension of belief even in a series as weird as this is <laughs> is kind of off like like people yep. seeing this um people seeing this completely insane infield shift and being like <laughs> oh man yeah this is this is normal baseball mm-hmm yeah, it, I start he, to question uh, the intelligence of the people that go to this prestigious school. Yep, yep. And two, with, uh, you know, like we were saying earlier, not being able to walk a, a quarter mile to your swimming pool. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, it'll uh, take you four minutes. Exactly. Like, Takaoka, this, this dude is obviously, like, pretty brutal towards his students. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's bad news, but... There, there are definitely some aspects of the school that are supposed to be brutal and, yeah. you know, impossible to bear that just aren't that crazy. <laughs> they mm-hmm. need to they need to play it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, they were saying they're doing these, like, bodyweight squats. And like, we have to do 300 of these. There's no way we'll do them. And, I mean, 300 bodyweight squats is a lot. Yeah. But it's not, you know, you can do it. I mean... <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it's like now they're gonna be like oh he's making us run a lap around the school exactly gonna do like five pull-ups mm-hmm. and i will say i'll give him some prop like he's not the only one that does this uh i don't know if you've watched it that anime series run with the wind um no i, I know what it is but i haven't, I haven't seen it it's particularly heinous with this stuff because part of this you know because i run so i have you know more kind of awareness of these things but there's one part in it where, you know, to like qualify for the qualifiers, basically, um, they have you have to run. It's like either a 60 minute 5K or like a 30 minute 10K. It's like these are not equivalent times. Like if you can run, <laughs> you know, like the, your 10K should have to be slower. Like anyone that can run a 30 minute 10K is automatically running a 15 minute 5K. So, yeah, that... these things do this a lot where they just don't you know the the athletic stuff does not match up 
Yeah. And baseball ones can occasionally be, like, the same way. Mm-hmm. Where they'll be like, oh, this guy, like... This guy can He's throwing 140 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then at the same time, like, this guy will be throwing, like, 60 miles an hour, but he gets people out because he can throw a curveball. Yep. Or... <laughs> Or they'll be like, this high school pitcher has an arsenal of like a curveball, a screwball, a cutter, his original <laughs> pitch that nobody else is able to throw. And he can like, he puts this sort of spin on the ball that makes it look like it's going like 20 mm-hmm. miles an hour. Yeah, but yeah, it's it actually a, going a Koro Sensei after image clone. <laughs> yeah. And it's like not even supposed to be like uh, supernatural sort of, like that. Yeah, it's like he's mm-hmm. just like, he's just that skilled at making the ball spin yeah like they're they're out here with like trevor bauer-esque spins <laughs> in in middle school mm-hmm. all right do you have any other uh gripes you want to touch on or would you want to go into our students of the week uh yeah i think that covers it for me uh okay my student of the week was actually eaten i think mm-hmm. that for one, he's a villain that makes two appearances, which is, for this yeah. series, pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Two, he reveals aspects of Korra Sensei's past without completely just info-dumping on you. You kind of have to draw your own conclusions from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also just looks pretty ridiculous. Like we were talking about before, the panels where his tentacles are you know, watering plants peeling bananas stuff like that he's he's pretty great with the visual gags there's even uh there's a panel where they're like yeah there, there's no way he's Korra Sensei's brother but then they see mm-hmm. him like looking through a sort of zoo magazine and they're like yep. oh yeah I, I guess he has to be Korra Sensei yeah Korra they, they do the thing they do the thing that Death Note does with L with him where like he's not a funny character but they're able to, you know, get these comedic moments out of him by putting him in these, like, these situations that seem kind of, you know, uh, like, abnormal for what his character's supposed to be, right? Like, he's the, yeah. kind of the serious villain character, and yeah, he's looking through these, like, yeah, these swimsuit magazines, like Koro Sensei, you know, and, like, yeah, yeah, that's he, specifically he is it, his hair. Yeah. yeah, and, uh, that's the, the magazine joke is actually kind of done with L in Death Note a little bit too mm-hmm. yeah where he's like uh he's misa's biggest fan mm-hmm. um i'll go to my student of the week i'm gonna give it to koro sensei this week i mean i think we give it to koro sensei every week but i think he has a lot of really great moments in this one um you know the whole time he's the baseball coach is fantastic they can uh him taking them to the movies is fun uh, he's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, just, you know, just hop in. I'll carry you to Hawaii and my head will block the, uh, like the wind of going Mach 20. Um, you know, he sets up the pool for the students. He turns into, uh, the Coral Sensei carp thing. I think he just has a lot of really great moments in this one. Um, anytime we see the, him in costume is a positive for me. Yep. Yeah. And he, yeah, I think the comedy in these volumes too, with Coral Sensei is just kind of like turned up the next level Definitely. as well. Yeah, so, these yeah, were uh, they were funny sensei. chapters for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're gonna move into who's in detention. Who who do you have for this one, Jude? Um, even though he was built up to be a pretty big character and had one of the longest arcs up until the point where he appears, 
I think mm-hmm. Akira Takaoka is just kind of a weak character for me. I would have yeah. said Lovro, but mm-hmm. I felt like that that was one of the only clusters of chapters in the series for me that really dragged on a lot. Um, yeah. Honestly, his whole thing where he like makes the students call him daddy is it's really disturbing, weird. to say the least. Yeah. I, I could not wait for him to get <laughs> off the page. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like there's like one little um there's one little illustration between chapters that's like a sketch of him looking like a mascot or like cartoon character from a cereal box or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. that was kind of funny, but other than that, like kind of just a stereotypical crazy character that yeah has uh inviting exterior so i could have i i feel like if it weren't for the ending of that arc with nagasa discovering that he's a good assassin like Mm -hmm. you can just could have axed that whole arc yeah he's a pretty weak villain he's not even like particularly compelling to like root against like, I just don't yeah. like him as a character, not even, you know, I don't like him as a villain or whatever. He's just, yeah, yeah he's just kind of there and is not, not very good. He's almost too evil. Like, the students <laughs> out here just beating kids. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'll go over to mine. I'm actually gonna go with uh, Itana for my uh, Who's in Detention. Um. I kind of agree with you with what you were saying with like uh, kind of the comedic moments and I like how his character, you know, sets up some of the backstory for the series. Yeah. But I think he's he's kind of just a retread of karma a little bit. That's where he's true. like this little edgy character. Now he doesn't he doesn't do the karma thing where he has really awful dialogue. He's just kind of there. Um but I think that's part of it too, is that like again as a villain, he's just kind of plain and boring so far. Um <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to give mine to, to eat a little bit. I think Assassination Classroom's biggest weakness thus far has been its villains. Mm-hmm. Sensei is... Obviously, they have to have more villains than him because yeah. he's also somewhat of a protagonist, but mm-hmm. nobody really stacks up to him when he's so funny and compelling. Yeah, none of the villains are people that I'm like okay with, but kind of rooting against, like hoping they get beat. Um, yeah. I just want them all to sort of be removed from the situation so we can <laughs> exactly. get more Koro Sensei jokes and stuff, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I don't know. There's, there's no like, uh, like Hunter Hunter has you know like excellent villains. Like Hisaka is great, right? Yeah. Like you're sort of rooting against Hisaka, but he's a fun character that you're like okay with on screen. Any of yeah. the villains in this one, I'm like, just get them out of here. Like let's just remove them so that we can get back to more fun stuff. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If if we had a moment that was as good as Hisaka playing dodgeball with Gon and Kilua, like yes, maybe maybe I would be a fan of theirs. Mm-hmm. And we had a whole sports arc for something like that to happen, but there wasn't yep. really a villain in the sports arc other than just like we schools asshole students. <laughs> exactly. Cool. So. I think that's it for who's in attention. So we're going to move uh, from Assassination Classroom. We're going to go over the table of contents for this week's Shonen Jump. All um, right. I'll just kind of give the rundown of the table of contents for this week, and then we'll just kind of, you know, go over our thoughts on some of the series. So the cover yeah. this week is uh, Mashal. 
I haven't seen the cover, so I don't know. You know, yeah, let me how see. It I can looks, pull it up but... here. It's Mashal like breaking through. Looks like he's like breaking through a mirror or something. Oh, and nice. then there's like mini versions of his fellow students jumping out with him. Gotcha. So we've got the cover of Mashal. Doctor Stone gets a cover. I guess it gets like a kind of one-off special chapter. So that's cool for Doctor Stone fans. Um, Undead and Luck gets a color page, and then Blue Box also gets a color page. In the one slot is Akane Banashi. We have My Hero Academia, followed by Elusive Samurai, then Sakamoto Days, Witch Watch, and then we get back to our uh, two series that have the new badge, Aliens Area and Ruri Dragon, then PPP PPP, then Mission Yozakura Family, and then the 10 spot is Me and Roboco, followed by Super Smartphone, High School Family, and then the bottom two stay the same, Doron, Doron, and Earthchild. And Absent is uh, One Piece, because I think it has two or three more weeks being absent. Jujutsu Kaisen, it's it gets like schedule breaks every three or four weeks. And then Black Clover is still on uh, its hiatus, gearing up for the last arc. And then next week's cover is going to be me and Roboco. Uh, do you know you w go first? For, yeah, huge W for Roboco, by the mm-hmm. way. Because I think they, you were talking about this earlier, but I think they like, just had a cover page. Yeah, like three or four weeks ago uh, to announce the anime. Yeah, and then they mm-hmm. had a And it had color the color page, page last too. week, yeah. mm-hmm. which, which was incredible. Uh, it was yeah. so good. Yeah, they were... I don't know if we got a chance to talk about it, but they had, like, dedicated merch for the series to celebrate the anime coming out, and it mm-hmm. looked like some sort of, like, supreme drop from yeah. 2018. <laughs> it, it was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Total, uh, total streetwear vibes. Um, and actually looking at the Mashal cover again, he's, he's jumping out of a TV, which makes sense because oh, the anime soon. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the anime was announced last week, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, definitely excited for the Mashal anime to come out though. Uh, mm-hmm. it's probably one of the series out now that I think would lend itself best to animation only because there's a lot of visual and like physical gags in it that yeah. are, are done pretty well in the manga, but I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, these seeing Mashal like kick his broomstick and ride it like a skateboard would be pretty funny to see on TV too. I think the fights will be fun in the anime too. Cause in the, in the manga, they can be a little hard, not hard to follow, but like there's a lot of these like really big spells that summon these giant like creatures and stuff that I think will do a lot better in the, in the anime when you can, you know, kind of see them in action. Yeah. I mean, depending on if it gets there or not, because it'll, you know, it'll probably be a couple of seasons before it would, but Mm -hmm. some of the stuff in the latest arc will be particularly cool to see on screen. They really ramped up the art a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, next one I'm going to talk about, I'm actually kind of surprised undead unluck with the, uh, color page. It had been kind of low in the, table of contents and i think it's definitely gearing uh towards the end it's uh yeah i i think it's ending even sooner than kind of like i thought it would have been say like last year at this time it's really kind of hurtling uh towards its last arc and i i may be like remembering incorrectly but i feel like it's been a while since it's gotten a color page at all it's felt like one yeah. of those series that kind of just like mm-hmm stays with its 18 pages and 
full exactly black and white spread mm-hmm. like you kind of know what you're gonna get every time yeah it's kind of um, yeah blue box with a another color page it's just uh yeah it's good every week it's doing well it's it's had a couple covers and i think this is probably it's like seventh or eighth uh color page and it's it's a, what maybe 50 chapters now 55 chapters. yeah sounds about right mm-hmm. um there's a lot of buzz about riri dragon right now but i mm-hmm. think that if we're gonna give any series uh if any series is a contender for rookie of the year right now it's gotta mm-hmm. be a kind of an ashi i mean yeah. being the having the lead off spot in shonen jump after like mm-hmm. 15 or so chapters is nuts yeah it's pretty and crazy it's been getting color pages like we said mm-hmm. last uh last episode oda sensei from one piece gave it a cosign like mm-hmm. it can't be stopped at this point point. yeah and having it over my hero academia is pretty pretty insane but i'm mm-hmm. totally here for it yeah um my hero i feel like just kind of sits in that spot there's not really a whole lot to say it's not gonna drop too low it's you know, yeah it's always gonna be the one through five um, Elusive Samurai actually uh, is pretty high. It hadn't been that high in a while, and I actually think it kind of deserves it. Last week's chapter was really great. Um, I sent you, I was texting you earlier in the week, uh, I sent you that panel. The art in it lately has been awesome. So I think if you, you know, if you like Assassination Classroom, but are a little kind of peeved by the art, Elusive Samurai is uh, something to go check out. Because it, yeah, he... He does the art a lot better in that one. It's been it's been a lot of fun the past few chapters. Yeah, I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen from it. I've got to actually mm-hmm. <laughs> got to actually read it though. Yeah. Um, Sakamoto Days and Witch Watch are right where I think they belong. Two mm-hmm. very solid series that yep. have yet to disappoint me. Sakamoto Days is honestly in one of its most interesting arcs right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I thought the uh, although I thought the license arc or like the arc to get entry into the assassin academy was a yeah. little a little long and yeah it, it drug super, out some yeah mm-hmm. that the arc where they're actually in the school has been awesome and yeah i mean i always like gags in an adventure series but sakamoto days always does the comedy really well and putting these mm-hmm. characters into a situation where they're undercover in disguise in sakamoto's case dressing up as a woman yep that's always that's always going to be good and mm-hmm. lo- love to see that i don't really have much more to say about witch watch other than that you know it's it's always good too great pages. yeah i wonder great if this week color. we're gonna get i wonder if this week we're gonna get a chapter like there was one i don't know maybe 10 or 12 weeks ago where it was it was basically a chapter from that manga that they talk about in universe because that's yeah. what they were doing last chapter it was you know the kind of the, the otaku characters talking about their uh like their dojin fan comic so i and yeah. it said something like i don't know it it left off the end of that last chapter with something about that comic or like let's see what's you know going on there so i wonder if this chapter or if soon we're gonna get like a a chapter from their fan comic that's true they always have like good parody mm-hmm. uh, arcs or storylines i really yeah. liked the storyline they did a few weeks back where the um, they did that spell that extended characters body parts mm-hmm. so you've got the guy with like the really long neck that he's wrapping around his yep. body like a sash um the dude with the long fingernails i thought i thought yep. that was really funny pretty mm-hmm. stupid humor but like it, it was great 
Yeah, I like there was the there was the one panel where they're like passing someone in the street, and uh, what's his name? Uh, is Morihito is that the main character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the long fingernails, but so he like points them directly at <laughs> the guy so that you can't like see how long they are. I thought that was great. Um, yeah. Next, we have our new series. We got Aliens Area, which we'll talk about uh, a little later, um, and then Ruri Dragon. I, you know, I I have to say like I'm kind of all in on Ruri Dragon. I yeah. love the last chapter, and I like that it's just, like, straight-up slice of life so far. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, there's not, like, really big drama. You know, they talked at the end of the last chapter of, like, you know, it's not, like, super unnormal or abnormal for there to be, like, dragons. So, you know, I think that's suggesting, like, you know, there's going to be some other dragon characters, some other creatures, which that'll be fun. But, like, it's just chill the pacing is slow i love just yeah you know i'm just hanging out so i'm yeah i'm kind of all in on ruri dragon i you know i i think at this point you know it's only three chapters in but like you know this week if there's if i had to like rank the chapters i'm excited for it's you know like blue box akanabanashi and then probably ruri dragon like um yeah. yeah i'm all in on that one and I had mentioned that I'd like to see them step the artwork and, like, background incidental artwork mm-hmm. up, and they actually have done that, so... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot more background and detail in the last chapter, so I'm mm-hmm. sure, like, once the uh, the artist gets, you know, more comfortable doing this on a weekly basis, the, mm-hmm. the characters look really good, so yeah. I think it's gonna be... It, it's already a hit at this point, one of the mm-hmm. most read... I was gonna say on, on the right now. yeah, I was gonna say on Manga Plus, it's already reached like a million views or something. Yeah, that's, yeah I think it's, it's nuts. I think it's a lock. I think at this point, I'm still more like Team Akane Banashi for a newcomer mm-hmm. of the year, but yeah, it, it definitely could change. They're mm-hmm. neck and neck right now. Yeah. After that, we have a uh, PPP PPP. I think it. Yeah, I'm fine with it in this spot. It just kind of does its thing every week. It's got. It has cool character designs. I really like the arc a lot, but the story's a little fine. You know, it's yeah. it's okay. It it just kind of exists. I'm you know I'm yeah. fine with it where it's at. Kind of same for the, Mission Yozakura Family for me too, personally. Yeah, the, this arc uh, we talked about that a little bit last time. This is a bad arc. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> not much more to say about it other than that. Just like, please get back to the episodic format where everything yeah. is resolved by the end of the chapter mm-hmm. i did like the um the editor-in-chief character they introduced uh in the yeah. last chapter of yozakura family um i've never had an editor like that that would have been <laughs> cool to see the, like the the ripped bodybuilder uh guy. that's true the the um what it, what's it called like the sort of society of spies or like assassins mm-hmm. that, that that's always been an interesting uh, yeah little group of characters although i think sakamoto days has a more interesting definitely society mm-hmm. of assassin i think at this point uh mission yozakura family's biggest weakness is that there are multiple series taking uh yeah i was gonna say yeah Saka- sakamoto days is just yozakura family now isn't it yeah and uh spy family spy family does it better yeah, yeah. exactly i'm not sure which of those came first but uh, Spy, Spy family, family was out first, I think. Yeah, that's. A, I feel like Yozakura Family has a lot of different elements in it, but none of them are particularly original, other than mm-hmm. the character designs, which I think are pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then we've got me and Roboco. We talked about that a little bit. Um, I like Roboco. This is, 
I think it could be like higher on the table of contents for me, but I mean, it's getting the cover yeah. next week. So I think it's just kind of here because once again, uh, you know, I mentioned it last week, but like, there's a lot of good stuff in there. So like something has yeah. to be in the bottom, you know, five. So yeah. Yeah. Super uh, smartphone is up mm-hmm. next. I loved yep. last week's chapter. I thought the, mm-hmm. uh, there was like a little diagram that showed different characters relationships to each other that was drawn yeah. in like a cool chibi format mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not saying it's like my favorite chapter of last week or anything but yeah i think it's doing better than people would have expected i mm-hmm. i like it it'll probably like we said last time i think it'll last more than 20 chapters yeah and it's fun. although it's a I it's like a little it. low on here yeah. now i mean it's you know it's only I mean, Doron, Doron, and Earthchild are both getting axed, right? Like, exactly. no question about it. Hopefully. So, yeah, and so it's just kind of hanging out down here. But, you know, I don't know. I could see maybe it gets a color page in a couple weeks and is maybe, you know, kind of like yeah. rotating around in here with PPP and Yozakura family. So, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm liking it well enough. It's, you know, it's not blowing me away. I'm not, like, my favorite series or anything. But, you know, I pick it up and read it every week. Um, yeah. Next is High School Family. I said it last week. I'll say it again. I love High School <laughs> Family. It's like in my top four or five series every week. Kind of sad to see it down here near the bottom, but it's been here fairly consistently. So I wonder if it's just you know let's put a gag series near the end. Um, yeah. So I don't know because they just started not too long ago a new school year, mm-hmm. and so I feel like if they were going to cut it fairly soon that they would have just i don't know like it's been going so long that maybe they would have been able to give them a heads up or they would have just they would have just ended it after one school year right yeah like, I, I don't I know don't how it necessarily works anywhere. yeah yeah i don't know how it works with like all the planning and stuff with that but yeah so um, and then yeah next we have doron doron and earth child um yeah these two have been uh right in the bottom of the lineup for the mm-hmm. past like half year or so yeah. kind of sh- i don't know how doron doron has managed to escape cancellation this long it's kind of impressive the, mm-hmm. story, the story just keeps going <laughs> it feels like the story could have ended multiple times already too i feel like the mm-hmm. the mangaka himself is kind of shocked that <laughs> the story's still going I feel like well, it's, uh, it's definitely hurtling. Uh, to, well, I think it got kind of yeah. lucky that like it's it was better than Shugomaru, right? So it yeah. had to outlast that. I would have traded it for Ayashimon, but I mean they were both kind of you know whatever. And yeah. then I guess before that, the one that got axed was Maguchan, which yeah, I like Maguchan but, better than Doron Doron. But I think yeah. it it there were series that were just kind of like as good as it, or just definitely worse. And then I think having some of the stuff move out of the magazine, like Ayakashi Triangle moved out, so I think it probably yeah. it gets a spot from that. And having you know Black Clover go on break for an indefinite amount of time, that you know leaves some room. So I think it's just sort of hung on from sheer luck more than anything. Yeah, and I think um, one thing that's interesting to me, or that I've been thinking about, is like there there are a ton of new series right now that have recently started. And part of me would love to see some of the series that only made it about like twenty chapters mm-hmm. in like the two thousands or the nineties. Yeah, because there mm-hmm. there are definitely like some English um, 
Shonen Jump wiki pages out there, but mm-hmm. I think the magazines are kind of just meant to be thrown away. So a lot of it's probably just like total lost gone at this point. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I would love to see what was considered like a crappy manga <laughs> at the yeah. time when like uh, <laughs> at the time when like DBZ and Naruto were in the mm-hmm. magazine. Yeah, yeah, like what was a yeah, what was a twenty chapter series in nineteen ninety five? Yeah, especially because like the stuff we we see now is the the most successful from that mm-hmm. period, where and a lot of that probably wouldn't have received an English translation at all. Like this yeah. kind of this kind of comes out with a volume of anything that mm-hmm. at least has like a you know thirty something chapters. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, and Earth Child, man, it's it's bad. <laughs> Last week's chapter, I don't know if you're reading Earth Child. Last week's chapter was really bad too. Um, yeah, they I don't saved think I the mom. Read last one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I'm gonna spoil it for you. It's oh, Earth go Child, ahead. But they they save the mom, and now the dad is like dying. That's the the deal with this one. It's I mean, oh man, yeah, it's definitely it's hurtling towards the end as it should it's really bad it's in the perfect spot for it yeah that is it's really nuts how this one (laughs) i i just like to know what was going on behind the scenes here Mm -hmm. yeah well apparently yeah so you'll see online people are talking about like the editors and stuff which is it always cracks me up because what we kind of overhear the only kind of uh like background knowledge we have on like the editorial process for the weekly shonen jump is from bakuman which yeah. was a series that ran as shonen jump so like you know what i mean yeah i feel like people do this all the time they're like well in bakuman they said blah 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 i'm like you understand that was a manga made for <laughs> kids right like yeah i don't think this is like and it was also like 10 years ago so i don't know if this is the best representation uh representation of what the manga industry is actually like but apparently the editor on Earth Child was also the editor for like Red Hood and um, Samurai 8 and maybe some other like, yeah. pretty bad series. So people are like, oh, well, it's the editor's fault. But I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think you can blame the editor for some of these just awful, awful chat. There's been 19 terrible chapters of this series. that You can't blame that all yeah. on this editor. But apparently that editor is gone now. So oh, I don't okay. know. Maybe maybe next week we'll have like an awesome earth child chapter but yeah uh, i don't see it i'll have to look it up and and send it to you later Mm -hmm. i can't remember exactly what site it was on i think it might have been like on the this media site but Mm -hmm. they did uh last year or the year before they did an interview series with some of the editors for like series that most people know like uh demon slayer and Mm -hmm. mha and there was some like pretty interesting stuff in there uh hmm. i haven't read bakamon so i don't know how it like stacks up to it stacks mm-hmm. up to their depiction but it seems like the editor kind of just like gives them sort of advice or like tells them a certain character is not gonna work but i definitely feel like they're not gonna have the sort of power to like save something as stupid as earth child yeah um, i will in bakumon once again because it is i mean it's a story so they have to make it a little more interesting the editors do have some power to be like there's one uh like arc where the editor basically kind of strong arms them into making like a comedy series because that editor likes comedy series yeah but once again i don't know how realistic that is that if like someone can go to this earth child person and be like yeah just make it a comedy now because i like comedies right 
like yeah. i still feel like i feel like that's definitely almost kind of created just so that they can have that story arc in bakuman but I could yeah unfortunately i feel like the uh the interview series would have gone on longer but they did one with the dude from build king and after that they like started taking down parts of the site so like you have like really like i'll, I'll try to find it and link to it but they mm-hmm. like took parts of it down all right you have any other thoughts on the uh table contents do we want to go into uh aliens area yeah let's let's move on to aliens area because all right i think this one's kind of this one's kind of interesting i feel mm-hmm. like i'm actually gonna start well, first, uh, for people who didn't see or listen to the last episode, we're basically explaining the series in baseball terms, giving it a scouting report on a 20 to 80 scale, 20 being like nearly unacceptable, 80 being like ultimate Hall of Fame level ability. I'm actually going to start with art here because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the more interesting aspects of Aliens Area right now. To me, Aliens Area seems like a combination of the sort of like sketchiness of Jujutsu Kaisen mm-hmm. with the weird I don't I don't know how I would describe it, but like it, it's very Doctor Stone esque in a way, with like yeah, weirdly definitely. shaped hair mm-hmm. and mysterious looking protagonist. I don't really care that much for the Doctor Stone artwork. But mm-hmm. No, I don't either. Yeah, I, I like uh I like Aliens Area's artwork well enough because I think Dr. Stone's stuff is like too shiny and shaded for me mm-hmm. and sort of combining the their taste with the sketchiness of JJK is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, there are definitely parts of it that feel a little sloppy, like uh, the character's younger siblings honestly look pretty mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but some of the characters are cool looking, and I liked the characters that were introduced in the most recent little storyline. So yeah. I would give it about like a 40 to 50. Like it's pretty average art, but there's definitely mm. worse in the, in the magazine right now. Yeah, it gives me the art. Uh, some of these give me like Hunter Hunter vibes a little bit. Um, True. Which is kind of how the. I guess like the shots are set up and stuff, or maybe that's just because this recent chapter had this octopus that looks like Ikalgo, but true. <laughs> um, it does give me that a little bit. Yeah. I think um, story wise, mm-hmm. I'm also going to give it a 30, I'm sorry, 35 to 40. I think uh, the story is kind of lacking as in mm-hmm. there's not really one at this point. <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. There, nothing has really, happened at this point his like his house burned or was destroyed by an alien attack apparently his like earth is kind of known as an aliens area because aliens can go to earth without having to worry about the intergalactic police they can kind of just do whatever they want Mm -hmm. but we don't really we haven't really learned anything other than that there is just like aliens exist and there's this sort of cia x-files fbi type three-letter organization that's uh, investigating them for some Mm -hmm. reason i kind of 
this is kind of an abstract comparison, but it kind of reminded me of Yu Yu Hakusho at the beginning, just because of this guy like saving his siblings from a destroyed building at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then having to leave his life behind after that. But <laughs> I wouldn't say this is anything like Yu Yu Hakusho. This is no. pretty. Uh, I I don't think they've really decided what they want this one to be yet. Is it going to mm-hmm. be a battle shown in series? Is this going to be like an anime X Files? Yeah. Um, is this going to be a horror series? I, I couldn't really tell you at this point. Other than mm-hmm. that, it seems like they're leaning towards Battle Shonen, which in 2022 is almost like a death series. <laughs> a, a yeah, death it, it, it better be good. New. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> a good point. Like, the, the only. I'm trying to look. Look, like. The recent series to have success are like Blue Box, Akanabanashi. Um, I guess is Sakamoto Days like the most recent, or Sakamoto Days or Elusive Samurai might be the most recent like yeah fighting Probably series to Samurai, like sur- survive. Yeah, I think um, honestly, I don't know if Shonen Jump has really like accepted it yet, but mm-hmm. this is this is the era of the slice of life series in Weekly Shonen Jump. Everything that's succeeding, like uh, Ruri Dragon and Witch Watch, yeah, like the the newer stuff that's doing really well is mm-hmm. largely slice of life stuff. Which I don't know. I I don't even know if Weekly Shonen Jump stands want to admit that because mostly you just get people like arguing over whether uh, Mid Clover is better than. <laughs> mid here academia or whatever but like when it comes to what's actually like getting readers it seems like it's stuff like Ruby dragon yeah yeah maybe people are sort of uh well i think there's just like an abundance of these fighting series that you can go yeah read whenever right like even in other magazines like there's you know tokyo revengers that you can go read yeah. or uh there's a new series in that same magazine i think uh like gotcha gotcha kuta or something like that which is it's actually pretty cool and it's on like you know 20 chapters or something like that so i think there's just yeah you can read a thousand of these like battle series but the the number of good or you know like well done akanabanashi brewery dragons is a lot lower yeah because i mean for the most part in other magazines that aren't shown in jump they're usually just going to be like an eki series if it's mm-hmm. not if yeah. it's not like a fighting series so mm-hmm. i think that's what like shonen jumps doing a more like kid-friendly version of slice of life series which i think is a really good thing um mm-hmm. and i think at this point if another american distributor were to get the rights to another shonen magazine i feel like more people might be checking the series out mm-hmm. in america yeah definitely because at this point still when you like go on viz media social media and they post something about like witch watch you, you still get a lot of people that are like who cares yeah oh the anytime they post about me and roboco it's just a bloodbath <laughs> in the comments of yeah. like you know yeah, where's where's my hero or or just even the better one, it's you know, like Black Clover sucks is the response to <laughs> But yeah, no yeah. one wants to hear about Roboco. And everyone too, they're like, This survives but Phantom Seer got axed. And I'm like I mean I like yeah. Phantom Seer, but yeah. like me and Roboco is way more like even original and like different than Phantom Seer. There's seventeen Phantom Seers that you can go read, you know, in this same yeah. magazine. Like 
<laughs> exactly. I I don't think people realize that these series are actually really popular. Just mm-hmm. not not here. Yeah. Um in terms of character, once again, I feel like other series may have established characters at this point. Mm-hmm. Aliens area has not like we we have this one we have this one guy Mm-hmm. the dude with like the crazy hair on the cover and, and the fact that i can't remember their names is actually pretty telling yeah i can't the, i don't i can't name any of them but the, the main investigator is just like oh he's an he's an eccentric uh detective or uh, yeah. fbi type agent mm-hmm. and then we have just a generic shonen lead who's like trying to protect his family and he's kind of stupid and he's <laughs> really strong but he doesn't know how to use his powers like yep once again, like I said, in the in the last issue, they introduced some cool characters that may bring some like flavor to the series. But as of mm-hmm. what I've read right now, like we're gonna go thirty for characters because there is not a lot to go on, and the characters we do know are pretty stock. Yeah, yeah, I um, I agree. <laughs> yeah, none of these are really like sticking out to me, and we got introduced to some like you know the different the new characters or whatever in chapter four and once again i couldn't tell you what any of them look like or what they were doing yeah and so in terms of like potential i'm, I'm honestly giving this a i'm giving this a 30 unless something mm-hmm. really changes uh just not a lot of upside here yeah um, if we we really need to see some more aliens at this point because mm-hmm we've seen like two and they were like in the first few pages they were the guys that destroyed his house but if you're gonna do like a space series i want to see there aren't a lot of sci-fi series in shonen jump to begin with i want to see some aliens especially if the title of the series is aliens area Mm -hmm. i i feel like this is just pretty much like another uh another yuzakura family sakamoto days series but without any of the art and charm of either of them Mm -hmm. yeah it's just pretty run-of-the-mill and yeah it just i feel like at this point i've you know i've read so many of these series and so many of these bad series that like i have a decent feel after a first handful of chapters of like oh is this one that could like last a long time i was right i was wrong about ayashimon but i think i might have just been clouded because i uh really liked jiko haraku yeah but, there was a lot like, of hype around that one too there's still people yeah. that are like really mad about that mm-hmm. so but like sakamoto days i read chapter one it was like okay yeah this is definitely going to survive and same mm-hmm. with like a kind of banashi and blue box but yeah this one is just kind of like i i don't know like Maybe there's a world where it just sort of, I don't know, floats around like PPP, PPP, but I think yeah. it's it's not it's not weird enough or different enough than PPP, PPP to do that. It just feels the same, yeah. you know, the same spot that, mm. you know, kind of like we were saying about Doron, Doron, that, you know, yeah. like 10 other series fill. This is definitely, if I had to put this, if I had to rank this among the current series running, this is somewhere between Doron Doron and Earth Child. Not quite as bad as Earth Child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it even has the longevity that Doron Doron has. Like, this is definitely going to last about as long as a Yashimon, in my opinion. Yeah, 
uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would personally put it a little bit above Doran Doran because I actually I actually like the art quite a bit. But, yeah. I mean, you know, if this if this lasted twenty or twenty five chapters, that I would not be shocked. So yeah, unfortunately, good art. Like, cause I, I agree. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty cool, but I also liked the artwork in like, I thought Red Hood had awesome artwork. Yeah. yeah. That was one I thought was going to do well off the mm-hmm. strength of its artwork. So yep. unfortunately, <laughs> I, I, I don't think things look very good for this one. Although I could no. be wrong and it could be the next, it, it could be the next My Hero Academia for all of you know. I'd be pretty shocked. The first <laughs> first few chapters of My Hero Academia are pretty great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What are you doing for your uh, over under of number of chapters before this is axed, or uh, do we think it sees a, a full three hundred chapter run? Yeah, I think this one is gonna. I don't know if it's quite night like nineteen club. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely better than Bone Collector. Yeah. Or bone collection or whatever that was called. Mm-hmm. But um I don't think it's gonna see thirty chapters. Like it's it's somewhere in between like twenty one, twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just kinda depends on like what else gets axed or ends. Like Doron Doron and Earthchild are both definitely ending. Um Undead Unluck, I wouldn't be surprised if it only had like, you know, twenty ish chapters left. That's so maybe true. it ends like Mashal it's definitely in its last arc I don't know like I mean I feel like it'll go on for a while but like does Mashal have 20 chapters does it have 30 chapters like so I think part of it kind of depends too on you know what all ends like if Undead Unlock has 20 chapters and Mashal has 25 chapters left and then whatever you know maybe they axe high school family as well maybe this yeah. just survives for 40 chapters but yeah I'd be surprised I think you're I think you're right. It's somewhere in the yeah. 25 range. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty stoked on a lot of these series ending though, because even mm-hmm. if the newer series suck, like I think 50 percent of the fun of having a Shonen Jump subscription is seeing what comes out. Yeah, what exactly. what new stuff they're coming up with, mm-hmm. and even if that means some of the series are terrible, like that's half the fun of it anyway. Yep. Yeah, and honestly, like. With Mashal and Undead Unluck, like, I like Mashal, but I don't know if I want, like, 400 chapters of Mashal. Um, yeah. You know, I'm pretty fine getting, yeah. like, a, you know, 150 chapter run out of it. Yeah, it, I don't think, uh, I think it's run its course as a gag series, and having mm-hmm. one cool, like, last, uh, like, one big cool, battle. Like, pro- yeah, proper shonen epic arc is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. Is there anything else you want to add on to uh, uh, Aliens area here? Um, nah, I think I've probably even said more than needs to be said about Aliens area <laughs> at this point. Like, it's it's just there to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that will do it for uh, episode three of Tonkoban. Jude, do you have anything you want to plug or anything you've been uh, yeah, reading, watching lately that uh, you want to bring up? Last week, I yeah. talked about uh, Degrassi. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say if you live anywhere in the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area, like I do, uh, visit Manga Manga in mm-hmm. College Hill, neighborhood of Cincinnati. Uh, it just opened a couple months ago. I've been there like four or five times already. I went yesterday and got a really nice 
uh, compendium volume of uh, volumes one through three of Pokemon Adventures. I got uh, I got a new volume of City by Keiichi Rawi. Uh, mm-hmm. You might know him from the series Nishijo, um, but he's always got some great series that they usually have in stock there. Mm-hmm. And I also got the first uh, volume of Sakamoto Days, which, you know, I've already read it, but the artwork's great. Be cool yeah, that's awesome. And that, that uh, first volume cover's really great. Yeah, I went yeah. to Manga Manga, uh, I don't know when it was, uh... I guess like beginning of April or something. Yeah, and it's a it's a cool store. It um I picked up that I get I got Yotsuba and I think I got like volume three of Fist of the North Star or something like that. Oh sick. I gotta read that, Yotsuba at some point. Man, it's it's great. The the art in Yotsuba is actually like the first volume is a little I don't know, a little a little more like uh what was the Azumanga Dayo where it's yeah. just like you know, clearly like copying a comedy series. But, like, the backgrounds and the environments he draws are great. Yeah, the panels I have seen are, are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my uh, plug will be, I've been playing, um, in the past, like, seven or eight days, I've played, I think, like, almost ten hours of uh, Mario Super Picross on the uh, Super Nintendo <laughs> app on the Switch. Oh, man. Um, it was one of those that, like, maybe it was, like, last Saturday or Sunday, I picked up to be like okay yeah i'll check out picross and do like a puzzle or two and then i played for two hours straight i've played so much picross it's great oh man (laughs) yeah if you like uh like sudoku puzzles or something picross is where it's at it's awesome i don't know if i'll like go out and buy like an actual picross game but this one and it's in it's funny because they it's on like the english uh super nintendo app or whatever um for the switch but it's still in japanese like it's not translated yeah um but i mean the instructions are pretty easy to figure out but yeah it's a it's a blast i just it's one of those things that like i'll complete a level like each level has 12 kind of puzzles that you can do in it so i'll complete yeah. a level and it gives you like three at the start and i complete those i'm like okay like i'm probably done with the game right it gives you three more i complete those i'm like all right i'm probably <laughs> done with the game it just gives you three more like i just keep playing i'm like well you know i'll just do these until i kind of beat the game and then, you know, I'll probably just never touch Picross again, but it just keeps giving me more and more and more puzzles, yeah. so I keep playing it. <laughs> I remember this being a big deal on, like, the DS and 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would always, Yeah, I, I could I see it being really it, cool like, on the DS. Yeah. They, they had, like, a Pokemon Picross, which I remember it always, like, mm. considering checking out, but, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I was never willing to, like, spend money on a puzzle game, so... Yeah, exactly. It being on the yeah, Switch no. is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think I would ever pay... I mean, I know that they have, like picross games are like seven or eight bucks i don't even know if i would spend seven or eight dollars on them but i mean it's it's pretty fun i just keep keep playing picross there's games i need to play like you know i want to finish up dragon quest uh i'll say finish up i still have like 80 hours of dragon quest 11 to play um yeah <laughs> but I, every time i pick up my switch i'm like okay i'll do like one picross puzzle and then i play four <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's yeah. great so yeah that'll be my uh that's my rec for this week is uh go play picross <laughs> Oh yeah, I gotta I gotta check that out then. There's so it's much fun. stuff on the Switch, like sort of fake virtual console that looks mm-hmm. so cool to me. Yeah, well, a lot of those too. It's like you know, I don't know if you ever just downloaded a bunch of ROMs and tried to play. Um, but like, what I've always done is I'll be like, oh yeah, this game is supposed to be really cool, and I'll play it for 30 minutes. And I'm like, all right, well, I played that, so uh, you know, yeah. now I'll play this game. 
Um, that's what happens a lot with those. Like I, but I've I've put actually a bunch of time on that app. Like I've played through Super Mario World, played through Donkey Kong Country, um, played through like a bunch of Super Mario All Stars. Like I think I have like almost forty hours in the app at this point. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. they they just added Earthbound, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. I saw yeah. Yeah, I haven't I played play it. I was trying to play. I was trying to play Mother One because it's on the the Super Nintendo app. It's pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an old NES RPG. I don't know. I might just skip it and go to Earthbound, or if I do, I'll just like yeah. find a ROM hack for it that makes it not as grindy. If I didn't play it on the Wii U like a few years ago, I'd be all over that. But man, mm-hmm. I do miss the Wii U's Virtual Console. They had some great stuff on there. Yeah, I'd almost rather yeah. them do that than do the subscription thing, but I guess if it's just going to be plugged in with my online one, then it's fine. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right. anything else you want to add? Or? Nope, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. You can find us, uh, I don't know, on places to get podcasts. I'm going to keep adding them to all the different, like, repositories where you can get them i don't know who's using some of these podcast ones like (laughs) on on like the on the feed where you can like load it in it gives you like 20 options i'm like is anyone going to use this but i'll probably just set up an account and add them to it because why not yeah um so it'll be a more available more places but it's on spotify and apple and uh we have a twitter and instagram account i think they're both just at tonkobon podcast so yeah uh, yeah find us there yeah, and then uh, tune in next time. We'll be talking about issues or volumes 7 through 9 of Assassination mm-hmm. Classroom and probably talking about another Shonen Jump series that's recently debuted. I, I would imagine yep. probably Ruri Dragon. but Yeah, I think so. We'll I don't think up. there's anything else newer. There's nothing newer than that. I don't think there's anything else actually yeah. that that new. So, yeah, we'll talk about uh, Ruri Dragon. All right. See y'all next time. Thanks for listening.